episode 309 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. I'm home for a week. I'm home. Oh, no more uh, recording in like a little, uh, like, you know, sound closet of echo and, and reverb and everything else. Uh, yeah, home. So I'm Glenn. Uh, that's Josh. How's it going, buddy? Hey. Good. Josh and I have both been beaten up pretty heavily like the last week, so <laughs> this could either get really yeah. interesting because I'm, I'm kind of pissed off I forgot to bring booze upstairs with me, so at the, at the break it might get really interesting. Because <laughs> I drink my uh, my pain away. And that's just the way it is. So uh, this week we have a, a lot of stuff to talk about. We were, we were going to have Ray with us uh, to talk about Nino Cooney and actually to talk to Josh about Aliens, Colonial Marines. But our buddy Ray is uh, ill. He's sick. He called in sick to work today and everything. So uh, we're going to have to push that off a little bit. So get well soon, buddy. Um, man, we got, everybody we know is like sick or just having a bad week. So uh, we got new. Yeah. <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, we got new releases. Uh, our friend Dan Lucen from Midwest Gaming Classic is going to join us for a little bit to talk just about what's going on this year. And they just released some information today, actually, right before we started uh, dealing with pinball and, and dealing with digital pinball. That's pretty cool. Uh, so we'll talk to him about all that stuff. A uh, bunch of news items, what we're playing and watching. Well, really what Josh has been playing and watching cause I've been out of commission. Uh, my review of MLB 13, the show for both the Vita and for the uh, PS3, uh, Josh's awesome review. I can't wait for this <laughs> review of aliens, colonial Marines, uh, some emails and a voicemail and, uh, stuff and junk. So let's just hit it. Uh, new releases. One good one. The other one, well, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, so we have only PS3 games coming out this week. Two Indeed. of them. Uh, the first is Sniper Ghost Warrior 2. <laughs> that is, did they just take a bunch of words that are on the refrigerator? I don't know. Okay, first words. Just, uh, uh, let's see. Panda? Panda? No. 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 Uh, Corvette? No. Sniper. Snipe. Yes, Sniper. That makes a good game. <laughs> this, I, I just don't know. Okay, so, well, could be good. Well, it is the second one. Um, well, yeah, so, well, well. <laughs> Duke Nukem Forever was, what, the fourth or fifth one? Mm, third one? Well, there were offshoots and stuff, but I think for the 3D stuff, it was the third, I want to say? Uh, uh, all right. Um, so this comes in several flavors. Uh, several, you can get several meaning two. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can get the just game itself for thirty nine ninety nine. Now, eh, don't judge. <laughs> Sly, Sly Cooper. Cooper was thirty nine ninety nine and it was freaking awesome. Of course, that also came with the Vita version. True. Oh, I remember the first one of these. Okay. And you can also get the uh, Steelbook Edition. Indeed. For (laughs) $59.99. Yes. So you get a Steelbook metal box packaging, which is a... Ooh. Well, I can't say much. I bought the Quake 3 Steelbox Edition. Yes, I have several Steelbook, (laughs) Steelbox. I think I have Halo 2 Steelbox Edition. Uh, I do have that one. I got that one off Goosex, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, because I bought 
I bought Halo Two, like the regular Halo Two. Yeah. In a supermarket for seventeen or eighteen dollars. Nope. I don't know. I don't know why they had video games at all. It was like by their little. They had a little counter, you know, their little uh, command counter, essentially, where the the supervisor stands and and does their thing and judges everyone, uh, pretty much. And I was walking in there, and I walked past it, and I was like, there's video games in that case. And I started looking at them, and I'm like, ah, this is all crap. It's like the prices are ridiculous. Whoa, wait, what? Halo 2? What? (laughs) Like, that was a really good price for it at the time. I mean, it's still a good price for it. But at the time, I was like, well, crap, all right. I'll buy a video game (laughs) from the grocery store. This is weird. Well, that's like today when I was at the grocery store. They had Well, they always have DVDs, and now they have Blu-rays there. Heck, I saw Blu-rays huh. at a at a convenience store in Iowa yesterday. <laughs> Nothing wow. good, but they have Blu-rays. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, I had the regular one, and then I found out about the Steelbook edition. I was like, what? Oh, you got to be kidding me. And I threw it up on Guzex just for the hell of it, and at some point, I got it. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, I was happy with that. Um. But uh, what else do you get with this? You get the Ghost Warrior 2 soundtrack, which is cool, like a soundtrack. Uh, You get a GameStop exclusive rifle, the DSR 50 caliber, which, of course, will be available for download day one for (laughs) $2.99. I was going to say $1.99. I I don't know. Uh, And a fascinating booklet. I love how they list that. It actually says fascinating booklet. It does. Fascinating booklet. A history of sniping. Outlining the history of sniping. (laughs) Who wrote this? The fuck? An overview on training methods, weapons, ammunition, tactics, and world distance shooting records. Can't you just tell them to, like, play uh, one of the myriad of Call of Duty games or Battlefield 3 and they can learn how to snipe there? Uh, That's all they do. Pretty much. Yeah. Talking to you snipers. You big wussies. Alright. So if you're not looking for guns, you can find a different kind of war. Oh, that was a so... God of war. That was sad. sad. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible! It's been that kind of week. That was really... That was that was pretty weak. Uh, God of War Ascension. Huzzah! Huzzah! Finally! Finally coming out, fifty nine ninety nine or seventy nine ninety nine for the collector's edition, which has Kratos statue. I hate to say, but I really want this. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool yeah. statue. It really is. And this one has also a steel book case. Ooh, with the game. See, now you want it. <laughs> uh, it has a six inch Kratos statue. See, I would like that so that he could fight my um. Drake and uh, uh, Cole statues. Yeah, but see, then I've got my Hellgast sniper from my Killzone 3 Hellgast edition, and he yeah, can just stay too. way far away and take those guys out. That's uh, those damn snipers Because he'd have his invisibility cloak on, and then I would see him, and then I'd run all the way and waste 10 minutes running all the way back to where he is, just so I can knife him. All right. I hold grudges. I'm just saying. I could appreciate that. Yeah. So... 
that's all you get in the box besides like vouchers and the vouchers uh let you get the official game soundtrack there we go again soundtracks i have so many god of war soundtracks <laughs> yeah i've got them all too um the 48 hour multiplayer xp booster Ooh, that's nice Ooh. so you have to stay up for two days straight to maximize your your <laughs> haul there. Well, I mean, but we could give tips. I mean, you and I are becoming kind of the experts at staying up really long, late hours, you know, with extra life under our belts. And when I went down to Kansas City Thursday night, Friday morning, I was up for roughly 38 hours total. So just uh, a lot of fresh fruit yeah. and a lot of, and a couple of five hour energies, and you're ready to go. <laughs> and barbecue. Go to Zarda Barbecue. Barbecue. Load up on the uh, on the burnt ends and uh, get a nice brisket beef sandwich. That helps a lot too because you get all that protein. Just saying. Well, uh, <laughs> so what else do you get in the box? You're going to be getting a dynamic theme, an avatar pack. Oh, cool! And a pass for future DLC content. Ooh, so you're actually, it's almost like one of those season pass dealies. Sounds like it. That's actually not a bad deal for 20 bucks more. Yeah, actually. I mean, for the soundtrack and Kratos and the DLC, I would assume. I'm I mean, sure the uh, theme would probably be a the, couple of bucks, yeah, you know? Yeah, but I, mean, I don't use those themes, and I never change my avatar, even though I have a hundred of them. Oh, you'd use um, the theme. It's Kratos. Uh, I wouldn't use that. Because if you don't, I don't your PS3 will my, fling itself at you. I don't even use the Journey or Infamous dynamic themes that I have. I mean, I did briefly, and I was like, oh, I just... I, <laughs> eh. But actually, those are the two that actually work as themes on that X and B. Because, I mean, we've complained many a time where most of the themes, they just don't think about it, and you can't read half the text. But the Journey exactly. one and the Infamous the Infamous 2 one actually work. Yeah. But still, God, you're old and stubborn. My God, I just, I just get bored. Wow, just, you are grizzled. I want my, <laughs> I just want my. Uh, I don't know what I want. I think my old French horse is dead. On. All right. <laughs> just say yes, and we'll move on. All right. Well, uh, so seventy nine ninety nine for the for the uh, collector's edition, fifty nine ninety nine for the regular game. Booyah! You're gonna want that game, I'm sure. Everything I've seen about it so far is pretty damned awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's just do this right away. Uh, our, our friend Dan Lucen decided to stop by and talk. We, we were actually going to do it next week, and then I looked at the calendar and said, holy crap, we're only three weeks away from, D- from uh, MGC. Wow. Where did the time go? Uh, which means I need to call for that bus tomorrow morning, <laughs> which I was oh. supposed to do Friday, and then I had to go to KC. So... Uh, yeah, so uh, check it out. We're going to talk to Dan Lucen here. He is the proprietor, one of the proprietors, but pretty much the creator of Midwest Gaming Classic and uh, a very good friend of ours. So check it out. All right, well, uh, it's been a couple of years since we've had Dan on the show, but uh, we definitely wanted to get him on and talk a little bit of Midwest Gaming Classic. So welcome to the show, Dan Lucen. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks. Yeah, it's been a while. I yeah. missed, I think, three co-hosts. <laughs> I, was last time with Mark. I keep churning so, through him, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought for uh, a little while that I was last time with Jared, but um, oh, I, I had to think about that and kind of replay in my mind. And it was Mark that I was last on with. I, hmm. But the Jared sessions, I guess, just stick out in my mind because <laughs> I've actually listened to them all. Oh, man. 
<laughs> the two of them are pretty much interchangeable anyway. Pretty much. <laughs> well, you, not exactly at all. You had one that was like, and then you had the other one that was like, well, I played this game. And it was pretty cool. So, I played this game. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, we talk a lot about Midwest Gaming Classic every year, and, and you know, it's it's kind of a big part of our culture, and, and we get uh, we get new people there every year, and we and we always we always like to try to be able to kind of tell people kind of what it's all about. And last week we kind of did a recap, but we kind of burned through because we knew we were going to have you on the show, and and just wanted to talk a little bit about. It. I mean, you know, kind of how it started. And I was at the second one. I wasn't at the first. I was at the one at the high school. I don't know if that was the second or third. It's actually the third one, technically. Okay. Um, the first one was a standalone event that we called, well, all right, so... The first one was in my basement. Well, <laughs> close. Um, it was an A basement. basement. And, um, here's, how, here's how it went. There was a <clears throat> traveling event for the Atari Jaguar called Jagfest. Right. And um, I hated that name. We called it Atari Jaguar Festival when it was here because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to put out flyers for Jagfest and people are going to throw them out. Hey, because we can go to a like, festival Ew. with a bunch of Jags. Yeah, exactly. So um, so what we did, though, is that uh, it traveled every year. And um, it was for us big Atari Jaguar nerds, which amazingly, there's two of us that are yeah. talking right now. Um, <laughs> that's like half of the world's population almost. Actually, Pretty just much. kidding. There's seriously about 200 of them, maybe 300 of them, that are really hardcore. And yeah. It was a really fun group because we'd talk online. It was like a community thing. And then once a year, we would go, hey, you know, let's let's host an event somewhere so we can get together and we can all play Jaguar games and have fun playing the Jaguar. And, you know, that wasn't something that you could just, like, walk into your group of friends and be like, hey, let's play Jaguar. They'd all look at you like you had a third eye coming out of your head. So, you bought a Jaguar? Um, I should've, you should have got Mercedes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what Isn't we did is that we, we went to one of them in 99 in Minnesota, and we had such a blast that Gary and I offered to host one in 2001. Okay. And essentially, it moved locations every year. God knows why exactly that came about. I, I wasn't there for the very <laughs> beginnings of it, so I don't know if there was a particular reason for that. But I think that it was just so that we could get more people to, to them or something. Sure. And anyway, we were getting run out of town each year. What was that? They were getting run out of town each year. <laughs> that, that could have been it, actually. You know, come to think of it. out of our town. Come to think of it, that is kind of what happened after our show. But anyway, um, so we decided to host it. So for 2001, uh, my dad used to work for the Boy Scouts of America. And uh, they had in the, their basement, essentially, at their office, a hall that you could rent out, which we got for basically a real deal from them. And we had the first event down there. And that was Jagfest specifically, or Atari Jaguar Festival 2K1. And it was a very successful Jaguar Festival. We set attendance records for the show that um, were considerable for that. We had about 100 people. We had people flying from Japan. We had, um, yeah, like, seriously, Jaguar fans are devoted. So it was very cool. It was very fun. And near the end of the day, we were talking with some of the people that we met and helped us with the show. And we were like, this is amazing. We need to do something like this again. And so the next year we decided to create the, well, it was first called the Midwest Classic. And right. um, that was in the basement that first year. And then it went to the high school. Then it went to the Sheraton for one year. And they were so horrible that year that mm-hmm. it turned the show in 2005. And then in 2007, 8, and 9, we were at the Olympia Conference Center 
in Oconomowoc, and then we moved back to the Sheraton through a interesting set of circumstances. Yeah. Basically, they got rid of all of the um, douchebags and brought in really cool people, and um, now they're absolutely outstanding as a hotel, and we continue to take up more and more of their space. And um, <laughs> We pretty much take the whole place over now. Yeah. Um, well, and what's good about it is that that came about thanks to them as a yeah. group. Um, when we were talking with them, we were very nervous about it because, to make a long story short, in 2004, we signed a contract with them, and then we had kind of a lot of handshake deals with them about how it would work if they didn't, for instance, sell out all of their table inventory and stuff like that. And essentially, about a week before the show, they came back and were like, oh, you have to pay for all this other stuff. And yeah, we didn't tell you, or we know that we told you some other stuff, but you didn't write in the contract, so too bad. And wow. their whole idea was that we're always going to have convention business, so it doesn't matter. And the new place, we were very nervous starting to work with them, even though they told us that they're totally different. And we were sitting there, and um, our saleswoman, who was the one who convinced us to come back there, was sitting there, and we were talking, and we were like, okay, so we really need to figure out a better place to put the speakers. And she looks, and she goes, why not put them in the restaurant? We were like, mm-hmm. what? We can put them in the restaurant? She goes, why not? I was like, Okay. <laughs> um, a little while later, we were like, all right, we need to figure out a place that we can put five tables for some board gaming, some tabletop gaming stuff. Do you have any ideas? And she goes, well, why not the lobby? Yep. And I was like, you, you know where people walk into the hotel, you mean? And she goes, yeah. And I said, yeah, you're sure that the first thing that you want to see when they come in is us? <laughs> and she goes, everybody that's here is for you guys anyway, so who cares? And if it's someone who's actually, like, accidentally reserved the hotel and isn't here for you guys, and they walk in and see you guys, well, we better get it out of the way that you guys are taking over the entire hotel anyway. (laughs) So, um, and that's exactly how they treat us, is that they treat us like, hey, we love you guys being here, and we want to do everything that we can to help you guys out. Um, And to that point this year, we've got nine hotel rooms that they're voluntarily moving all the beds out of so we can fill the show into nine more hotel rooms because uh, we're that out of space. So. Is, is it, and those are down by kind of that museum area that we've had the last couple of years, right? Yep, it's directly across the hall from the museum wow. area. Wow. Yeah, it, it, I, I'll say this. I mean, you know, I went to the high school. I, I missed the, the first one at the Sheraton because that's when I moved up here initially and I just oh, had time to get back down. Good and, for you. Yeah, good that's what you. I've heard. Um, but, I, I mean, I apologize to just about anybody that went to any of the first four shows. So well, Game Fest was its own thing, but the first three Midwest Classics, before we renamed it Midwest Gaming Classic, and I know that you went to one, so I'll say yeah. it publicly now. I apologize for that. I really liked the high school one. I mean, it was it was kind of unorganized, but and I didn't know anybody there. I just kind of went because uh, there was a bunch of stuff going on for Jaguar, and that's kind of how I found it initially was... Um, I'd found some Jaguar boards or something. Everybody was talking about it. And I said, oh, what the heck? It's I lived in Kenosha at the time. It was like an hour drive. I'm like, oh, I'll go check it out. And uh, the museum was going on, and, and uh, there was a lot of stuff in there. And, and I owned a lot of that stuff, so it was kind of fun to see some of the stuff that I didn't own. And then uh, they were doing uh, the, the, uh, the, the time trials and everything for some of the games, like trying to get the high scores for Twin Galaxies. Mm-hmm. And... I went and did the Star Fox Tournament Edition, the five five minute one, and I got a yep. high score on it. And <laughs> nobody ever recorded it for me. I thought he was standing there <laughs> recording it and nothing. So I was like, "What?" Because I actually beat the score that's on Twin Galaxies. So, well, but no, if was... you want to play it again, I'm actually the guy that owns that particular. Card. Ooh, yeah, bring so, it, bring it, bring it. I want to get my score. There was a total. It's actually going to be in the competition room again this year. Um, 
I totally randomly came across that at a uh, store in Gurney, Illinois. I walked in, and I was buying stuff for the goat store there, and I saw this copy of Star Fox, and it was before the internet was really that big. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is this? It says Star Fox and not for resale. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know if I should get this or not. And I was like, how much does it cost? Seven bucks. You like, son of a bitch. I was like, bitch. all right, whatever. I, I was like, you know, at the worst, I'm going to lose like three or four bucks on it. Yeah. So I bought it. And, uh, yeah, I love it. I'm very, it's one of my better finds in the way of value um, after the fact. So. And that's still in my top ten video games of all time, so. I just love that game. So the original much. Star Fox. Yes, yeah. they, we actually Not snuck into CES version. early and played it. Well, the competition edition is a lot of fun, and um, for some reason, I figured out how to. I figured out how to get a really high score. I, all of a sudden, it just clicked in my head after I played it one time. I'm like, oh, I know what to do now, and I buzzed right mm-hmm. through it. And, I, and when you get to a certain point, if the five minutes isn't up, it just takes you out into an asteroid field and it just sends random enemies at you until you end. And I got yeah. really far in that. I just kept going and going and going, and I just racked up this humongous score. So yeah. I don't know. I might have to. I might have to try to recreate that time, like drink the the right amount of Mountain Dew and have pizza grease on my hand or something. But yeah, yeah. great. That means there will be pizza grease on my controller. No, so, no, no. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Um, but it, I will tell you that we don't really do Twin Galaxies stuff anymore. That was actually a pretty small period in time. That company right. goes through a lot of different stuff, and they are very overprotective about exactly what. Um, <laughs> what you can do with them. And uh, essentially, a couple of years ago, you may remember that someone set a high score, like a world record at our show. Yep. And we contacted them about it, and they said, well, you didn't hire a ref to be there, so it doesn't count. Uh. And we're like, seriously? We need to hire a ref? And so um, we, we try to make it so that our competitions are now less just straight-up high score oriented and more challenge-orientated. So. Yeah. One of my favorite ones, I'm not positive that we're doing this again. It's actually on the website right now, but it might be switched up. We've got a Mario speed run where you play through Super Mario Brothers 1, just the first level, and you have to end the level big with firepower. And that is so damn tough. And it doesn't seem like it should be, but you you rush through, and then it goes time, then points, and then I think there's a third one, but I don't know what it is. And um, people... Just like you, you can try it 50 times and you get a different score every time. And half of the time, even if you're really good, you generally lose a life or two. So um, it's it's fun to come up with stuff like that that's unique. So Yeah, yeah. But definitely. I will tell you that that Super Mario Brothers and Star Fox is not all that is at the show. <laughs> not anymore, at least. Right. Well, let's let's talk about some of the competitions. Cause you sent the email a couple days ago, but uh, I mean, you guys got a lot going on this year. We have a lot going on pretty much every year. What, what happened um, is that we we grew out of the whole um, thing with the Jaguar community. And what, what we based the event around was making it, and it's kind of like what you guys have said on your show, making it a community event for everybody. And that's that's how it was founded. The Jagfest thing that we ran was not Gary and I you know, showing off just our stuff. It was the community coming together to make something really cool. And Gary and I did our best to, you know, help enable people to make something really cool. But if we're going to be honest, if it's just Gary and me's stuff, it's not going to be that interesting. You'll spend 30 (laughs) minutes there and be like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) Um, The reason that the show has grown is because we've, we've talked to all these different groups that all come in and they're like, Oh my God, I am super, 
I'm super into the, I don't know, Nintendo. You know, we're going to have a room that's just based on new games that people are making for the Nintendo console. Right. It's like, cool, we'll let you do that. Then we have someone else come up that says, oh, you know what I'm into? I'm into um, the brand new stuff. I really love Call of Duty. I want to do a Call of Duty room where we can do face-offs and stuff like that. It's like, okay, great. And so that's what we try to do is we try to take all the different groups and give them a reason and a place that they can meet um, both affordably for them without us going completely broke on our end and um, making it fun and then getting everybody else to share in those passions. And that's, Gary and I both love everything that's with the show. We both own pinball machines. We both own arcade video machines. We both own consoles, old and new. And um, we... We wanted it to be something where everybody's like, ooh, look at this, and ooh, look at that. And you know what? If, if you come and you're just in the PlayStation, that's great, but then go check out a couple pinball machines or go yeah. check out you know, the stuff that came before to see how we got there. And that's where I think that if you're going to have fun at our show, that's what really makes it fun. I agree. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really cool. I, I always thought of it as just one of the nicest things you could have to bring your kids to, especially like just to kind of teach them kind of where gaming came from, especially down in the museum and even the stuff that's playable, uh, and even before consoles with all the pinball machines, to just take them and say, yeah. this is what we had when we were kids, and now look what you have now. And But the problem is, you know, it's there's still all that love for us older older people that, you know, I still love playing my Vectrex. I still love playing my, my SNES, my TurboGrafx and everything. So uh, it kind of gives them a perspective, I think, in terms of, like, you don't have to have all these awesome textures and... You know, this super great HDR lighting and everything else, you can have a blast playing Yars Revenge on the 2600 still. Yeah, and it's fascinating. I, I run, believe it or not, I am currently a substitute teacher um, at a middle <laughs> school, and I run a video game club at this particular middle school. And it's what? fascinating because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't you wish you went to my middle school now? Um, so you have the bullies lined up outside, waiting to beat up everybody that walks out that door, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I go and beat them up first. Actually, no, it, it's in a, it's a very eclectic group of kids, but it's a really interesting one. And um, the goal is to kind of introduce them to different aspects of the industry that they might have never thought of. And it's fascinating to see just how many of them really get into some of the old games and stuff like that. And I still, I brought in October for one of the parties that we did, I brought a pinball machine there and the kids just went nuts over it. And I was really surprised because there's this great belief with a lot of the pinball collectors and stuff out there that kids don't care at all about pinball and you can't convince them to play a game at all. And I had just the opposite experience. I brought in this machine and the kids were all crowded around it and they were figuring out how it worked and they were telling people, oh, shoot over here, you get this going on. Oh, shoot over here, you get this going on. And they were figuring out rules on this that I knew, but it took me like a year or two to figure out the same stuff. And I was like, holy crud, these are, you know, these are middle schoolers that are supposed to not give a flying fruitcake about pinball. And here they are, like, understanding the game as good as a lot of, and perhaps better than some of the people that even own the machines, and I thought that was really cool. And I think that is a big aspect of the show, is that you get to be introduced to all this stuff that you don't see. I worked at, I mean, one of them was Chuck E. Cheese, but I worked at another arcade back in the day. I managed it for a little while, and I loved the fact that, you know, that was there. And Chuck E. Cheese is not even like Chuck E. Cheese used to be, and the arcade that I worked at is closed and gone. And there's not that many experiences like that. And I think that having something like that where they can walk and they see all these different games lined up is just, it's different and it's unique. And on top of that, I mean, when it comes to the kids stuff, we do a lot of other stuff too. On Sunday, there's um, 
the other arcade that's in the basement with you guys is Star Worlds Arcade, and they do a Mario party where Mario and Luigi show up and they sing them happy birthday and they, you know, take pictures with the kids and stuff like that. And so there's lots of different reasons to bring your kids to the show. And that's yeah. always something that we've really tried to figure out because quite frankly, if you're only going to limit it to older people, there's a nerd element that becomes extremely strong. If you're just targeting the nerd element, yeah. while the nerd element can be awesome in some ways, they can be extremely demanding in others. And um, we, we, for a while, had an issue connecting with some of them, I'll say. And we finally said, you know what, we're going to go for families, and if, if the nerds love us too, then great. And it took a couple of years, but now everybody, be it nerd or be it family or be it whatever, seems to just love everything that's going on in the show, and that's what I really appreciate. So Awesome. And, and besides the museum growing, is the vendor room kind of the same, or is that expanding, or how's that going? Because I know... Well, the walls were kind we of bulging vendors, last year. Yeah, we had vendors spread out in the basement halls last year, and we <laughs> tend to do that again this year. Um, in those nine rooms across from the museum, we do we are going to have some vendors in them. Some of them are going to be museum rooms, and some of them are going to be vendor rooms. But the vendor rooms are going to be something unique that makes them be down there. It's not just going to be like we took random stores that showed up and said, hey, you get one of these rooms. Um, <laughs> they're going to be things like, I can tell you that one of them is going to be a manufacturer of something that's going to be making a product reveal at our show and that is going to be in one of the rooms after they make the product reveal so that you can check it out and um so on one hand yeah they're vendors but on the other hand it's something unique and something that they're doing that that adds to the show and that's really what we've always 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 been about is we wanted people to not just come to the show when we started the show there was like five or six vending only conferences for video games across the country yeah and we were like that's great but i'm gonna go i'm gonna walk around the vendor hall for 15 minutes and be like okay cool i'm done and i wouldn't want to travel very far to one of those because if none of the vendors have anything i want what more is there to do so we started off trying to put in content and i'd I'd make a guess that we have 75% content that are showing 25% vendors. And I feel like yeah. that's a really good balance of there's enough that you can do all day, every day, and you still won't get everything done in the two days. And that leaves you wanting more and leaves you coming back hopefully the next year to visit us again. Heck yeah. Well, that's really cool. I, I was going to say before, like, it was funny when, when you were at the Olympia because, I mean, the Olympia was a nice big place, but it always seemed like the Olympia didn't, like, they just wanted us there to get our, our money out of us, you know? And it was always kind of weird there. Like, and especially the rooms were just like a mile away from the conference area. But yeah. it was funny. Um, <laughs> no, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to say it was really okay. funny, though, that when you moved to the Sheraton, that same year the Olympia had like some huge uh, like gas leak or chlorine leak or something. They had to shut the whole place down. So even if you... Yeah, that would have oh. closed our show. Yeah. Um, there's... Um, uh, the Olympia, the thing with them that was always interesting is that it was something where they wanted our business, but it was something where they also didn't highly value our business. Um, and what happened, we, the last year that we were at the Olympia, we were very much planning on moving anyway because we had really busted out the walls there. There was really nowhere else for us easily to go there. And right. the Olympia, a lot of people that first year that we moved didn't realize this, but the Olympia has about 20,000 square feet, including their foyer, mm-hmm. that we were able to use. 
and we basically doubled that at the Sheraton. Jeez. But we did it in a lot more rooms and a lot more hallways and stuff like that. So a lot of people came back and they're like, um, you need to move back to the bigger place. And I was like, yeah, yeah right. And I <laughs> used the Retroids room always as the example. I was like, because it was VG Evo at the time. I was like, you know, the VG Evo room went from two tables to 64. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that things expanded a little bit by moving. <laughs> and people were like, oh, I had no idea. Um I mean, I wasn't that cocky about it, I guess, but uh, I, it was kind of one of those things where, well, maybe, because <laughs> some of the people that were emailing us were kind of poops <laughs> about it. But, uh, <laughs> so... You need to move back now! Well, yeah, it, that's, the, that's the element that, like I said, there's an interesting element that sometimes you have to deal with with people that are over over eager about making sure that nothing ever changes about the show and stuff like that. And it's, it's tough to appease everybody. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Cause they have a point. And at the same time, the people that want it to be different and grow have another point and both sides are good. But anywho, the Olympia, what ended up happening is that they, um, I, I came to them and I said, you know, Hey, do you guys still have our dates for next year? We're trying to figure out if we can fit here again or if we're going to move. And they said, Oh yeah. About that. We sold them. And I was wow. like, really? You didn't talk to us? And they were like, no, there was a dog convention that was coming in, and oh, we right. forgot that that was your dates. I was like, oh, okay, wonderful. And what has happened is that the, the first time that we were at the Sheraton, like I said, we had just this horrible experience there. Right. And I had been cold called by our saleswoman, and she, she said, hi, is this Dan Lucen, and you still run the Nose Gaming Classic? And I said, yeah, and she said, <laughs> hi, this is the Brookfield Sheraton. We're wondering if you'd ever like to move back here. I laughed and said, you must be new there. And she said, why? <laughs> I said, because we had such a horrible experience that we would never go back no matter what. And then she said, and I was about ready to hang up, and she said, ah, yeah, we hear that a lot. And I was like, oh, now I will listen to you. Yeah, and no um, she explained that they had this belief that there would always be enough convention business there that they would never need to worry about rebooking the same group and if they screwed them once who cared because they could always get a new group in the next year and up. yeah and so she said look you know everything has changed and if you give us the chance to prove it to you i really want to i'm like okay well we've got this great relationship or whatever so when that happened i called them up and was like you know let's talk and they brought us in and sat us down and they i mean the biggest thing there's two big commitments from them that i was amazed by the biggest one being we were like okay we really want to power all of our arcade machines safely right what about what about building an electrical upgrade to the hotel they're like what, what are you talking about we we're like well how about a 600 amp service that we tap directly into the main hotel electrical <laughs> grid and they were like are you serious and we we're like yep and we were like, we want this coming down in this room. It's going to be a permanent addition, and we want you guys to pay for it, basically. They were like, okay, we can do that. I was like, oh whoa, really? And it's always funny when I walk by I mean, that thing, too, because it's just sitting in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, it has a name amongst the pinball guys, which is Doc Ock. Um, nice. Because it's got the big, the big Doc Ock arm coming down to yeah. it. But that thing, I mean, we we paid for everything with it, essentially, but we got a reimbursement on the part that the hotel actually ke- keeps on it. Nice. But the part that we built was about twenty five grand alone. 
Um, and it, we did it because we knew that we needed to make this long term, and that's the type of investments that we're willing to make to make sure that everything's awesome. And the thing that's funny is that, like, we in the pinball community, Doc Ock has this huge uh, following, and like people will actually go and take their pictures with it and stuff, um, <laughs> because it's it, like no other show has that, and that's something that we always try to do is say, look, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna do the best that we can to make this into something that's relaxing and fun for everybody. Right. And to that extent. Um, Last year, and I think this is a good thing for anybody who's on the fence about coming to here because this is the thing that sticks out. Every year there's something that sticks out to me about the show. And last year it was on Saturday night. I was walking around the hotel, and this, the head of security for the Sheraton goes, Dan, are you Dan Lucent? I was like, yeah. And he goes, hi, I'm, I forget his name, but I'm the head of security. I was like, oh, my. And he goes, Tate, come over here. We need to talk. I was like, oh, my God, oh, no. what happened? Like, <laughs> Did someone just like put their head through a wall? Like, did someone crash their car into the lobby? What happened? Yeah. And we, we go over to the side, and he said, I, I don't know what it is that you guys do. And I said, what, what do you mean? And he said, every time that the hotel is sold out, he said, I run around all night breaking up fights and telling people to stop yelling at each other. He said, when your weekend is here, I have more people walk up to me and give me a hug and say, thanks for being here, than I do that come up and say, <laughs> oh, like, oh, my God, break up this fight. And he said, that's incredible. He said, it's like a big love like thing where everybody's friends with each other and everybody's so happy to see each other. He said, I have no idea how you do that, but never lose that. And that's yeah. the thing about the show that I think, quite frankly, it doesn't make anywhere near enough money for Gary and I to do this if there wasn't something like that going on. But that's the thing is that when we literally have people walking up and, they're like, you know, oh, my God, this is the best weekend of, of this year. I've been looking forward to this for weeks. You know, thank you for holding this. It, that's what that's what makes me and Gary be like, yeah, let's, you know, go below $100,000 and hope it doesn't snow that weekend uh, again every year. So, yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's always it, it always ends too fast, but it always completely wipes me out at the same time. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling all the other too well. I, I know you do. You you're like 10 times worse than what we get hit with. So. Uh, I know when I see you, even on Saturday night, you're pretty much just done already. Yeah, Damn. yeah. Saturday night, I generally sit in kind of a daze, and uh, <laughs> like people are like, "Hey, can I buy you a beer?" I'm like, "No," because I'll pass out. They're like, "Hey, then can I get you a star?" I'm like, "No," because I think I'll pass out too. So I just kind of sit there, and I'm like, uh, "Usually, there's one particular pinball podcast that usually comes up and shoves a microphone in my face." Then, and I always let them, but I always listen to it afterwards. I'm like, "Holy crap!" Like, I don't remember saying any of this. So. <laughs> It's always so interesting. It's pretty much like when Josh and I do any podcast. Yeah. Well, that's true. Just kind of black out and go for it. Um, yeah. it. It works better that way, I find. So what what do you have for, like, any speakers this year? Um, well, we just confirmed something that hasn't been announced, but I'll announce it here because I think it's really cool. Okay. Um, and that is there's a development company out of... Um, Madison, who is relatively famous in the video game world. So it's an R, I believe? What? Does it start with an R? All right. Yep, exactly. And they are sending a team of people to our show to do a panel on the history of Raven Software on Saturday. Oh, shit. Wow. Yes. And they're going to cover everything from the early id days with Hexen and Heretic and stuff like that to... Um, the more recent stuff that they've done, like Quake 4 and Singularity, 
um, the X-Men games and stuff like that. The only thing that they've said that they can't talk about is what they're working on currently, which they said all they can say is that it starts with a C, ends in all of duty. And that's <laughs> it. So, um, yeah. Which, if you go, that's not really a secret, because if you go to their website, it says that. But that, and then I totally get it, that, because that's the big thing that they've been working on lately, something that they don't really talk about. But right. they've been so involved with so many different things, the Star Wars franchise, the X-Men, the Marvel franchises, um, and then being basically one of the like core groups that it went to with their engines and said, hey, make a game and we'll release this with you. Um, I'm super excited about that one, and I hope that other people are as much as I am. That's really cool. I actually sat... Uh, next to their lead level designer on the way back, back from GDC a couple of years ago. Very cool. So, yeah, yeah, they're great guys. I mean, they've come to the show before, and they are—they're um, just outstanding. And um, it hasn't been everybody that's coming that's been to our show before. At least I don't think so. But to have something like this happening, I think is just spectacular. That is. Um, that's really they, cool. Yeah, they need more credit than what they get, I think. And I hope that a lot of people will stop out and you know really check this out. So. Awesome. So, yeah. Other than that, um, we've got some different uh, stuff like Ben Heck's going to do a uh, talk on a pinball machine that he's been making. Um, we've got, I've got other stuff going on. The thing that's tough is that a lot of it isn't completely confirmed yet. Um, you got three weeks, Dan. That's all. <laughs> I know. But that's always the last thing that we get to confirm because everybody's always in flux about it. And um, there's a big show in Las Vegas that ends on. I think Saturday morning this year. And so a lot of our regulars that are in the industry are going to that. And so there's chances that they'll be there on Sunday. Oh, Scott Adams is going to be there. He's the guy that created the, Dill. essentially the entire adventure, um, genre. Dead. And so he's going to be there Adams on do? Sunday. He... What? I'm trying to think of what games he worked on. Cause that name really sounds familiar. Um, Adventureland was his first really big one that yeah. he did. Um, and he he's kind of known as the guy that um um he when before him there wasn't really an adventure what's the word like an adventure genre and he started it off with these things um that were i think that it was with text adventures and basically it became this huge online or not online but this huge thing that had never been created before and he yeah. He's a great guy, lives in town, um, or I shouldn't say lives in town, lives relatively close to town, close enough that he almost always comes in. And he actually was convinced because of how excited people were for his presentations last year. He went back in and created an iPad game that I believe just came out. Oh, cool. And um, so, yeah, and if you want to, there's a special dinner that we do with him on Saturday night. Um, he's so cool. He basically said, hey, I'll eat dinner with anybody who's interested, and we I think that we have 12 seats that are available for anybody who wants to come and uh, sit down with him and he'll tell you stories about the, when he created, like literally created the adventure game genre all the way up to what he's done today and what he's doing today and stuff like that. Um, He's a real, real fascinating dude. And if you're interested in older gaming stuff at all, it's well worth checking him out. And you can find his website at msadams.com. He lists a lot of stuff there. That is correct. Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, I've, I know that name. Because <clears throat> back in the day when I was working at EB, that's kind of when that stuff was all available. And, you know, we were downloading all that stuff before that, even on the on the Commodore and the Apple and everything else. So, yeah, yeah he does live pretty close, too. Holy crap. Yeah. Huh, very cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like I said, I mean, he's he's just a spectacular dude overall. So, um, I I always enjoy having him there, and we've got a bunch of different pinball alum coming out and talking awesome. and stuff like that. So that's going to be great. And you know, it's always a fun time. You never know what you're going to see. We also are going to have that reveal, that product reveal, um, which. By the time that this is out, the press releases may be out, but I don't want to say what it is because it's not, not my place to. Um, <laughs> but that should be really cool, too. So, yeah, just a whole bunch of different presentation stuff that's cool. you know, unique and fun. Well, awesome. Well, um, you know, we, we try every year to try to get as many people out there as possible because you know, not only do we love MGC, uh, but we try to use that as our community thing. And, and that, that's the whole thing about it is, like you said before, with even the security guard, uh, it always seemed like, because you and Gary do a lot of the work, but at the same time, there's a lot of other people that kind of take facets of MGC and kind of run it themselves because obviously you guys mm-hmm. can't do everything. And it, it's it's so community sourced to a certain extent that uh, that's why it was always really comfortable. You know, you go into the pinball room and these guys bring in just these amazing games and you never know what's coming. You, you, like until they show up with the, with the with the truck, you just don't know what's coming and Last right. year it was so hilarious because there were games everywhere. Like we walked down the hallway to go down to the other building. There's like a bunch of games right in the hallway there, and you know outside the pinball room next to the window there was a bunch. And you know, it's, everywhere you, you know what's funny about that spot right in the hallway that you just mentioned? That mm-hmm. is the number one thing that people talked about after last year's show. Was that <laughs> there were pinball machines in that hallway, and we um, are not planning on putting pinball machines there this year. But um, Farsight Studios is going to be there this year. That's awesome. Um, displaying all of their pinball stuff on every platform imaginable. So right in between the museum and the pinball hall, you can check out every game that they've got. So Nice. And with nice. that, you saw that email on that earlier tonight. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm whoring myself out to get more friends for my PlayStation uh, network login. <laughs> and what I'm doing is that... Um, we, we wanted to do a tournament that was Midwest Gaming Classic exclusive, essentially, for our Farsight people. And what we ended up doing is that we said, okay, well, tournaments aren't completely functional yet. They will be, but it might not be before the show. So how about this? How about everybody who's on my friends list, whoever is the top scorer on each table, gets something? And they were like, that's a great idea. So if you order your tickets and you send me your PlayStation ID... Um, I will friend request you through the PlayStation store. And then if you are the best player at Gorgar or no good golfers or whatever table you want, um, then they're going to, they're going to have my Vita on Saturday and you walk up to them and they go, cool, this is you. Awesome. Here's your, and they're, they're going to give you a shirt, <laughs> a, um, code for one of their, for their latest table. And I think that there was something else, but I'm forgetting what it is offhand. And regardless, then you get to play me in pinball all the time because that's what I do with my Vita constantly. Nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, uh, they did a really good job with the, with the, uh, leaderboards in that game. So that's pretty sweet. And I just sent you my name because I think you're not on my list anymore. I think you, I lost um, you in one of the great purges of Extra Life one year. It, it might have been because, to be completely honest with you, I um, and my brother-in-law calls me the dealer that doesn't do the drug because I'm so <laughs> yeah. I'm so rarely able to actually sit down and play stuff because I'm always like, okay, like today I finished work. I ran home. I made like a thousand phone calls. I know that I paid over seven thousand dollars worth of stuff for stuff for the show that I need to today. Jeez. Um, 
made a couple of goat store packages, went, oh my God, I need to pick up my son, rushed over to get my son, came back, tried finishing up making the packages while he was playing in the living room. Um, then my wife uh, did some, or got home, took care of my son for a little bit, and I ran around and did a whole bunch of other stuff. Usually my life isn't that busy, but tonight it was just like, oh my God. <laughs> so um, it, it was a nice, um, nice, uh, nice, thing to get that much done but at the same time it's uh it's kind of not a thing that i need to do that much anyway but regardless i do play the pinball machine or the pinball games on there all the time i'm never on there at regular times to like sit down and play and this is for both both playstation devices i'm never on to like play regular games against people <laughs> but high scores i i chase everybody's high scores on both uh farsight and on zen pinball all the time nice so uh yeah put them on there and I'll constantly I'll spend my life this summer beating everybody else's scores which I don't know if that's a good thing or not but hey what the heck <laughs> well my buddy Rock so. that's all he does is he pretty much only plays MLB and Zen Pinball on his Vita and he, all he does is try to beat all my scores on, on Zen nice. all he does yeah you yeah. guys have really made me want to pick up uh, MLB the show this year <laughs> I I generally don't pick up sports games at the beginning ever and um, that's one that I'm just like oh want to buy it so we'll see it might it's happen really after good. the show when i have money again well if you want yeah, I'll, I'll bring my video one over to you at mgc and you can play it for a few minutes and oh i'm sure that i'll have a lot of time to sit down and play it there so oh, i'm that, sure you're, you're just gonna sit around <laughs> all weekend so <laughs> all right well uh we know you're, you're busy and uh you know we obviously don't want to eat up all your time and and we'll see you in three weeks so we yeah. can talk then well, let too. me tell you just a couple other okay. things that that you might want to know because okay. I'm not sure if you guys do or not. I know that you guys are doing some other stuff on Friday, but potentially yeah. if they're in town before you all leave for that, um, there's a friend of the show in town. We'll call him Tom Taylor because that's his name. <laughs> Tom owns a small collection of pinball machines that he opens up to people um, hmm. that they can go and play them. His small collection of pinball machines is over 300. Um, it's yeah. about 10 minutes away from the show. And they're almost exclusively, oh, they're about, I'd say, 75 to 80% electromechanical machines, where he owns, for instance, every Gottlieb wedgehead that's ever been made, which is a type of pinball machine that they made like a billion of. Um, and he has them all set up and playable. And the tour is basically you donate at least 10 bucks. We ask for 15, but 10 is the minimum. And um, you do that, you go to his place, and you can play until eight o'clock or until your heart's desire. I figured it out that if you go and if you play each game there for, I think it was three minutes, which is an average amount of time, you'd have to go there for four years to, uh, <laughs> to be able to play them all. Oh my God. So yeah. I've it, heard about that an, place. Yeah. It's an incredible collection. We're almost sold out on those spaces. Um, and I know that you guys are potentially, you know, doing other, well, you guys are doing other stuff, so that's something that may or may not work out with anybody's schedule. But if they want to come from like three until five or whatever, they still can. Um, and that's something that is really unique. There's there's very few people that have that many pinball machines in the world, much less set up, much less that are willing to just open it up. Very true. So people can check them all out. And um, Tom's really awesome about that. And everything, all the proceeds of that, like literally every cent that we take in for that goes to a charity that Tom picked. So oh, that's cool. It's not like nice. we're. It's not like we or Tom is getting rich from that. He 
sets it all up and then we donate all the money. So it's, it's a very cool way to extend your day. Um, the other thing is that if you're interested in any tournaments, if you're going to be around Friday night, we've got some stuff going on Friday night. If you're not, like a lot of you guys aren't going to be, there's going to be a bunch of stuff going on in the days. There's going to be um, video game tournaments, pinball tournaments. There's a hybrid tournament where you play um, uh, Miss Pac-Man and Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man pinball to see the best combined score and stuff like that. Those are always fun to kind of check out. And also make sure that people look for... Um, there, there's a lot of free stuff like that, yeah. and um, that's worth looking at and seeing what is free when that gets announced. Um, other than that, the other main thing is to make sure that you check out all the different rooms. Obviously, the Retroids room is awesome, but there is, I believe, a grand total of something like 32 rooms for the newest gaming classic this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we're crazy like that. So um, the smallest one is, I believe, around 200 square feet. The largest one is around 10,000 square feet. And um, go and check them all off your list as you visit. And, uh, you know, check out what's in every different room because there's so much cool stuff that's going to be there. It's amazing. We've already got over 200 machines pre-registered for the show, which is above where that's ahead of where we were last year. We ended up with about 275 last year. Um I assume that we'll be at at least that number again this year, if not more. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's going to be a spectacular weekend. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Me too. Um, which, yeah, it's, it's going to be big. It's going to be nice. Awesome. Well, I mean, I'll, I'm sure I will say it to you a few times that, that weekend, but you know, much thanks to you and Gary, especially for, uh, for doing what you guys do. I mean, it's, we, we know it's a big undertaking and, I mean, you know, I've tried to help out from time to time. You know, I almost killed somebody on the highway by uh, hauling some bins for you one year. And that's uh, right, I remember that <laughs> when Circuit City was shutting down in Milwaukee. Dan yep. bought all these bins from there, and I had them in the back of my truck. I was taking them over to Marks, and one of them flew out. <laughs> the year that Circuit City closed, we actually totally blew our budget because we kept going there and being like, "Oh shit, we should buy all this stuff too." You guys got oh, a lot of stuff from there, yeah. Stuff. That was we, nuts. we picked up so much infrastructure for the show that year it was ridiculous. So, yeah, though we're one bit short now. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. It was um, like the crappiest but, day in the world. It was freezing rain. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, I, I will tell you this. While I know that both Gary and I greatly appreciate it, um, the truth of the matter is that neither of us would care to do this if it wasn't for groups like you guys and groups like uh-huh. Retroids and everybody who comes and sets stuff up. Because, quite frankly, we kind of tried doing that for a few years, and yeah. Gary and I were doing stuff for more time than what we do now. And we were getting we, – we had people come up to us and tell us that, wow, <clears throat> the show was uh, – a complete waste of my time because I own 2,346 Nintendo games. I'm missing two, and neither of those two games were at the show, and so I am pissed that I went. And I was like, wow, cool, sorry that I ruined your life. Go away and never see me again. And um, there's people like you guys and the people that get involved with this show that really are the ones that have come around and stepped up and ran stuff and made it into what it is. If it was, yeah. like I said, if it was Gary and me, it would be, you'd be there for 20 minutes. You'd be like, wow, they have a lot of broken stuff. And then you'd be <laughs> like, okay, let's leave. And, so um, Toys R Us, then we got to go buy a Nintendo product. Yeah, exactly. Let, let's go figure out what's going to come out this, this year in the middle of the show and go <laughs> buy that at Toys R Us because there's nothing else to do. So, but yeah, it's, it's everybody else. I, I guarantee that even if you don't go pick up Luigi's Mansion um, <laughs> this year, you will have more than enough to do at the show as long Definitely. as you let yourself. And then the one other thing that I do just have to tell everybody that comes is this. 
almost every time that people come, the first year that they come, they say, well, I came, but I, I really didn't know anybody, so I just kind of laid low and didn't really talk to anybody. And the biggest thing that I can tell you is to go around and talk with everybody that you can. Walk yep. up to Glenn and tell him that MLB The Show sucks or whatever, <laughs> so that he hits in the face. Um, or, or really whatever, you know. And the, the big thing, though, is to get to know the people that are there and find out what's going on and meet friends. Um Gary, a couple of years ago, said to me that we really don't run a gaming trade show anymore. We run a social trade show because that's really what happens is that everybody gets together and just has a blast. And that's the aspect of it that makes it all worth it. We Trust me when I say <laughs> counting money on Monday morning going, oh, please, make us not lose thousands of dollars. is <laughs> not the thing that Gary and I would do if it wasn't for the fact that it's such a fun gathering to do with so many different people. And that, yeah. I mean, I literally have hundreds of friends that I would not know because of the show. And yeah, definitely that is why I do it every year. And you guys and everybody else that assists, whether it's promoting or whether it's bringing stuff or whatever it is, is the reason that it still exists. Awesome. Well, we thank you much. And I still can't believe it's only three weeks away. Cause I have so much to do. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. And that's a uh, that's a minuscule thing compared to what you have have on your plate. I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go and figure out what else I got to do. <laughs> Woohoo! We've had three <laughs> ticket orders come in since we started this conversation. Nice. Well, they were listening to the live oh. stream that we're not doing. So. Yep. Cool. Yay! Live stream. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, definitely get over to MidwestGamingClassic.com. Uh, pick up your tickets ahead of time. It makes things a lot easier. You don't have to wait in that long-ass line for your tickets. Uh, you know, get them early and, and get it taken care of. Um, I always kind of laugh at the people that are waiting in line for them. Like, I just look at and say, well, I'm old. I don't like lines, so that's why I pre-ordered my tickets. But <laughs> uh, there literally is, if you're into gaming at all, you're going to find something that you like there. And uh, like Dan said, talk to people. Come talk to us. We... We we always complain because we never get to go play any games because we're talking too much. But at the same time, that's why we love going is because we get to meet all these people that we haven't met before, and uh, it's it's it is it's just a great social experience, and uh, it's just an awesome environment. You never have. I mean, <clears throat> in all the years I've gone, I've never seen any type of like negative thing happen. Like we've never had a fight, like a nerd fight or something, or we've just never had anything like that because everybody's there to have fun, and that's what gaming's all about. You know, I am knocking on wood loudly right now, so you know. I am too. The last thing that I need is a nerd fight this year. No nerd fights. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but definitely check it out. You know, and, and you know, we beg every year for everybody to come out, but there's a reason. It's it's a lot of fun. We always have a great time, and uh, mainly because uh, Dan and and Gary like go through all this this pain and suffering uh, to make something really special, and and uh, you know, we appreciate it, and, and obviously we do because we like to go every year, and we we pimp the hell out of it for three four months <laughs> so. yeah well and we appreciate it because <laughs> until just recently the best that the show had ever done was we made once 198 dollars so um yeah so if if it wasn't for you guys promoting and getting those extra like 10 people in um yeah we, we wouldn't have been able to pull this off so it's all good and thank you guys so much again for all that you do no problem well we'll see you in three weeks sir Sounds good. See you then. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, our thanks to Dan for stopping by. And, hey, you know, three weeks from now, MGC. And, uh, yeah, one of the things that was really cool was uh, originally the weekend passes were up to 45 bucks for the weekend because they had to get the money for the extra rooms and everything. Noticed a few days ago that that actually went down to 35 again. I'm not, I'm not sure what it's at now, but uh, but it's worth 45 anyway. You're getting so much out of the deal. Um, but, 
very cool stuff about uh, Farsight uh, doing some stuff with these guys who are the, the people behind uh, the Pinball Arcade. And then also Zen Studios actually doing some stuff with these guys as well. Farsight's actually going to be at MGC. Uh, Zen can't make it because of uh, PAX. So. But thanks much to Dan. Dan, and we'll see you in three weeks, buddy. All right. Well, news time. See if you knew Morse code. You'd already know all the news. I do. <laughs> I do. I bet you the first one has something to do with PS Plus March update. Uh, you might be right, unless I click on something else and I start off with that instead. What, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag? <laughs> like we've ever actually stuck to the agenda we, we go with. <laughs> it's funny, if, if we took all the crap off of the agenda, like, you know, the normal stuff, like here's our email address and everything, the reminders for me, because I'm so old and I forget things so easily, our agenda would be like half a page if that, it, it, it's like maybe, what, seven? It would be like four lines. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't think anybody realizes that. <laughs> we don't script anything, people. So, I think, actually... After our last Game of the Year episode, our last Golden Minecarts episode, I think everybody pretty much knows we don't script anything. <laughs> no, except for the jokes. They're all scripted. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know how much money I have to pay Bruce Valanche every year for those jokes? <laughs> Bruce Valanche. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, there's a documentary on him on Netflix. <laughs> wow. Uh, and now I'm pissing people off because I'm laughing too much tonight. So this is what being tired does to me all right so playstation plus we were all bitching because europe seems to be getting the cream of the crop and uh it sounds like sony actually listened so what are they what are we getting josh what what are we getting here over here instead of some two-bit psp game that you can buy for 49 cents in a umd what are we actually getting now spec ops the line huh yeah that game is hmm uh it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking awesome is what it is. Nice. Uh, Disgaea 3, Absence of Detention on the Vita. Don't we have a review of that? We do. Wow. An RPG and we, we have do. a review of it? Yeah. And see, that's funny because that's one that I would I would like to have gotten, but I was never going to pay for it. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, you are kind of paying for it. You're paying $60 a year for it. Well, yeah. But that works out uh, like a few. It, it costs less to get PlayStation Plus than it is to like feed Sally Struthers kids. Ooh, or Sally Struthers. <laughs> well, that, that can take millions of dollars. And uh, the, yeah. the loss of lives is in the thousands to, to feed Sally Struthers. My cheesy kids. Eh, she scares me. She scares me too. Uh, Joe Danger Two, the movie, awesome game, which I am woefully behind on my review for that, but it is an awesome game. It's got a minecart uh, in Tekken it. Tekken, yeah, Tekken Six uh, for the PSP, which is also supported on the Vita, and it's fantastic on the Vita. Yeah, yeah, and the Cave. Which is cool, because I didn't want to pay for that. I was like, that looks like it might be interesting, but I'm not going to buy that. And boom, there it is. It's perfect. Boom goes the dynamite indeed. Look yeah, how smart I am. I actually don't have a couple of these, including Spec Ops, because I was just going to have you send it back, but now I don't have to. Yay. Wait, did you send it back? I don't No, I don't, I don't think know. you did. I hope not, because I, I wanted to try to get a platinum in that. I just haven't had the time to get well, back Well, then you haven't. It. Yeah, because if you said that to me, I would have said just keep it. 
Because I have the baseballs to play. And we also, don't forget, the uh, Vita's first birthday uh, Mm -hmm. is swinging by. So we're also getting, for free, on the Vita, Wild Arms, the PS1 Mm. classic. Cool. Pata, 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 pom. <laughs> I suck at this game. <laughs> Love that game. <laughs> uh, Piotama for the PSP. Very cool. And Patchwork Heroes PSP. These are all Ooh. obviously compatible with the Vita, which is why I would they're... hope. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope. The way, the, the way that the PSN crew in the U.S. has been doing lately, you never know. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Well, all right. Well, you already saw um, Hell Baby's Room, uh, but I'm Did gonna. I took all the pictures. I'm gonna write up an article and get that up in the next couple of weeks uh, about that. But that's where the Patapons come in. Indeed, Patapon. Don't get me wrong. Patapon's a fantastic game. I'm just really bad at it. I have no rhythm whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like Rolf from uh, from the Muppets when he's trying to teach uh, Fozzie how to sing. And Fozzie's so far off, and he's like, no, no, it's I Got Rhythm. And then Fozzie's like, ha-ha, I Got Rhythm. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do Fozzie Bear anymore. So, yeah, great game, though. Fantastic. Piotama's a good game, too. Good puzzle game. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Sweet. I think out of all those, though, I think I'm going to be hitting up uh, Spec Ops line first and actually play the game. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's good. <laughs> blah 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 blah. I'll be the judge of that. It's good. It yeah. Yeah, I mean you feel forced into certain things, but it it all serves the story and it's important that uh, like I didn't like that at first. I didn't like that I was being forced because they tell you, you know, you could do it multiple ways and you can come in multiple ways and I felt forced into paths. Um but when I finally got to the end of it and I sat down, I was like, huh. All right. I see what you did there. Well, I, it, it seemed like, even when I was playing the, the, the extended demo for it, it seemed like, yeah, there's a point A and a point B to get to, but it seemed like there was that wiggle room in the middle, kind of like the Uncharted series a little bit. Not as much, but it seemed like they gave you that that wiggle yeah. room to make it feel like you were kind of in control of your own destiny. Yeah. But you always came to the same spot. Yeah. I mean, but you do, you know, you have your moral choices, essentially, to make throughout the game. Right. Um, and they will change things up a bit. I mean, you get a totally different ending one way or the other, which is kind of cool. Did it ever come um, out, like, if there's multi- more than, like, two endings? I don't think there are. <clears throat> okay. I'm pretty sure it's it's two. I don't remember. It's been so long. But I'm pretty sure it's only two. There might be a third, but I think it's only two. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of little things they stuck into the game, like like things that I saw and I thought, oh, well, that's weird, and then didn't think much of it. Or something else that I saw and thought, well, wait, was that a glitch? What was that? <laughs> and I realized that it's not. That's part of the game, and they're supposed to be like that. Because it, oh, okay. It's, it's because of what's happening to your character as you go deeper and deeper into the game. <laughs> it's it's really wild. <laughs> they really like if you play the game 
and then you read this. There was an article. I, I, I don't know where it is. I'm going to have to find it. But, but somebody sat down with the writer and talked to him about it and said, all right, so let's talk about this game. And he goes through all this different stuff. Oh, wow. And when you read that and you really start to think again about what you've gone through in the game, it's like a total mind fuck. It's like, holy crap. Huh. Cool. <laughs> they put in a lot of really subtle and weird stuff that you may notice, you may not notice, but if you do and it doesn't quite catch you, you know, when you go back and you read and you start to understand it a little bit more, you're just like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so. that's the thing. You've been talking so much about the story ever since the, you know you saw it at that at that preview event, and uh, that's really what's bringing me to want to play the game because I, I, you know, I played the demo and the gameplay itself. I thought was all right, but I thought that man, I was just running out of ammo way too easily, and uh, yeah, I don't know. There were just tough. a couple other things. Yeah, there were a couple of other things that kind of bothered me a little bit, but um, it was definitely a game that I figured I could probably play through. So now that you know, I get it for PlayStation Plus, I have no excuse anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I do want to check good. out the story. So, I, I mean, I've heard other people talk about the story too. It's not just because of you, Josh. Yeah, yeah, sure. I know it's because of me. <laughs> it's despite of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of story, uh, you know, a lot of people really love this next series for uh, for the narrative and everything else. And uh, you know, it kind of leaked out last week, but a new Assassin's Creed is on the way. Is anybody surprised? Well, it's another year. It's time for another Assassin's Creed. Although it's Assassin's Creed 4, it's not like an offshoot of 3. So I guess we can be kind of surprised about that. But it's it's Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. So right. we've had Altair, Al, yeah. Altair, we've had Ezio, and now we have Henry Rollins, I guess. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? You're going to do that? Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, isn't that what we're doing now? I mean, this is all about being an assassin in a punk band from Washington, D.C. in the 80s. You're serious. Like, within two <laughs> seconds, we had that on Twitter, and, and you just had to go to the to the well, didn't you? You couldn't do something else like, you know, the old uh, the Black Flag commercials, uh, you know, the the, pest, the pesticide stuff, the, the bug spray. You had Sorry. to go the Henry Rollins route. The only Black Flag I know is uh, oh. that band. That's why this music just fits this so well, because you actually went to the cookie jar. <laughs> it's the only black flag I know. I'm sorry. What? No, I remember the black flag from the, the whatever it was. Yeah, the pest repellent. The bug spray, thing. yeah. Yeah, bug spray. But uh, it's Rollins, man. Yeah, well. <laughs> I met the guy. Henry Rollins rules. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever met him, but I went and saw him do his uh, his spoken... His, his one-man show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went and saw him do that once, and I've, I've seen him live a couple of times when I worked on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, did, very Did I tell you about that when we met him? Mm-hmm. I think I did. I don't think so. It was messed up. Uh, he played... Uh, the place I used to live, there was a... There was a little uh, bar-type place, little place for live music literally three minutes from my door <laughs> three minutes i timed it I, I couldn't believe how close it was like it was you nothing when it. i well <clears throat> i had a song on i i jumped in the car i turned on the, you know a song and i got there and the song was just finishing i'm like holy crap seriously <laughs> <laughs> um 
But when I first moved in there, the place was nothing. It was like an old abandoned country bar or something like that. <laughs> and then these new owners came in, they took it over and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I drive past every now and then. And then I started seeing like listings for these bands and it was, you know, it wasn't great bands. And then it was like old bands from the eighties coming through and I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I could see some of these people. And then it became like really big bands were coming through. And they had both kinds of music, country and Western. Yeah. It was crazy. So I ended <laughs> up seeing a ton of stuff there. Um, nice. And Rollins was there one night. Uh, the Rollins band and everything. And my friend came up, uh, the guy that always comes up, he loves Rollins. Uh, so we saw him and we went outside after, and I was like, well, there's his, uh, there's his bus. Said, you want to just go see what's going on? So we walked over to the bus and we're standing there and we're trying to decide what to do. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's knock on the door. And I knocked on the door. (laughs) Because like, Rollins came out, to- smashed your head. Just about, yeah. Because I, I was like, "What do we have to lose?" You know. So I knocked on the door, and then we see some, you know, because all these shades are pulled down all over the bus, and we see some movement, and we're expecting like a security guy or something like that. And Rollins pops his head out, <laughs> and he's like, "What's going on, Phyllis?" <laughs> we're like, "Uh." <laughs> well, then you have to keep going, though. I mean, you're the ones that knocked. Oh yeah, exactly. You've committed at that point. We were just like, uh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Remember that time you did that show about 10 minutes ago? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we talked to him for a couple of minutes. He came out. He was really cool. I mean, I'm sure he was wiped out and he was just like, fuck, do I have to deal with this? But he was really nice. He was really mm-hmm. cool about it. He took pictures with both of us and everything. And we're like, you know, we don't want to keep you. I'm sure you're tired or whatever. And he's like, cool, thanks. Hop back Next on time, the don't, bus. Don't knock on my that. fucking bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Curb stomp. Yeah. It was pretty cool, though. Did I ever tell you the uh, the Reverend Horton Heat story? No. All right. So <clears throat> uh, usually my my best friend or one of my best friends, Travis, uh, he and I, that's when we first saw Reverend Horton Heat was with, with he and I. So it's always been our thing. Whenever uh, the Rev comes through, we go see a show. Well, then he got married and got into the whole family thing, but he always kept saying, like, when the Rev comes through, I'm going, I'm going. So one time, uh, there's actually a place called uh, Shank, or what, what, is it Shank Hall down in Milwaukee? The one from, uh, the one from, uh, 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 God damn it. Uh, what's the, the mockumentary about the band? With Spinal uh, Tap? Spinal Tap. You know how they they go to Milwaukee and they have they do Stonehenge. I think oh. that's Shank Hall. I'm pretty sure. I've been hearing a lot of venue names lately, so I want to make sure I don't get it screwed up. But there's actually one down there. A guy opened a place up, and they actually have a little tiny Stonehenge hanging behind the stage as a joke, hmm. you know, because it's Spinal Tap and everything. So they're playing that place, and um, my buddy Rock and I were going to go, and I you know I called Travis. I'm like, hey, the Rev's playing. You want to go? He's like, oh, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And then like the day I'm buying the tickets, I can't go. So we go down and it was like an awesome show. Um, uh, um, great opening band actually from Kansas city and, and, uh, the rev just kicked it like hard that night, you know, and, and I'm drinking rock isn't drinking, but I'm drinking and everything. And we, we get, the show gets done and they kind of kick everybody out, but we're just kind of mingling around. I don't know why we were just kind of mingling <clears throat> and we're back by the bar and all of a sudden Jimbo comes out, Jimbo, the one that plays the bass. And Jimbo comes out, and I'm like, I'm like, awesome show, dude. Comes over and gives me a big hug and everything, and and I start telling about Travis not coming along, 
And he goes, well, we should do something about that. So he's like, do you got his number? I'm like, yeah. He goes, call him. <laughs> so it's like two in the morning. <laughs> it's like two in the morning. <clears throat> I call him up, get the voicemail, obviously. And Jimbo grabs the phone and leaves him a voicemail. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, dude, what the hell? You didn't come to the show tonight? We kicked ass tonight. And you're just giving him shit. So then I hear from Travis the next day. He calls me up that night and he goes, you're an asshole. I'm like, what? And he goes, he goes, well, the problem is my wife heard it. So she was already pissed. Then she gets up in the morning and, and hits the message to hear what it was. And by the time I got up, she'd listened to it. And she said, that fucking Glenn, he, he called up and act like he was Jimbo from Reverend Horton. He's like, and Travis goes, what? So he listened to the message. And he goes, no, that was, that was actually Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I'll never miss a show again. And of course he's missed like every one of them since, but of that was course. the best thing. Cause Adam and I were just standing there dying. Like, hey, man, what's going on? Why don't you go to the show tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite band still. Reverend Horton Heat. They roll. Go see them. They're touring all the time. They roll. All right. What the hell were we talking about? Oh, Assassin's Creed. So Black Flag and stuff. Um, looks cool. It's it's all pirate theme now, which I think is kind of cool. Yar. Uh, you are now an assassin named Edward Kenway. Uh and Blackbeard's in it. They're trying to keep it in real, like in realism. So there's going to be a lot of real pirates uh, involved with this one. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this pirate? Yeah. Hi, that's Smiling Pete. He dances for nickels. <laughs> <laughs> I need an accordion now. Um, <laughs> that's they have him on a balloon. That's right. <laughs> and there's Wasn't a pirate, but it works no. that way. <laughs> um. It, 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 it's really interesting, though, because uh, they give it a release date already of November, November 1st, and they say it is coming into the PlayStation 4. But the way they worded it is due to release on November 1st for all consoles, including the PlayStation 4. So is that Ubisoft telling us the PS4 is going to be out before November 1st? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe on November 1st? I don't know. I don't it's think holidays. so. I, I don't think they... I don't think so. Yeah, I I'm not buying that. Not until Sony says something. I'm not buying that. That's actually when it's coming out. I just want to get the rumors going. Go with me, Jesus. I, and that's a Friday, isn't? Well, wasn't November seventeenth a Friday? I think so. It was because yes, the nineteenth is when the Wii came out, which was a Sunday. Yeah, because that's Ooh. when I wanted to go wait in line for the PS3, and I was going to go right after Pool League on Wednesday night, and there was always already too big of a line. Yep. Hmm. I'm just saying. Confirmed. Confirmed. There we go. Finally, we're going to get our big break here. People are going to start saying, oh my God, PS Nation broke something. Besides their <laughs> eardrums. Yeah. I, it, it is kind of funny that they're doing this pirate thing, though. It, it kind of makes sense, though, because of... I bet you they want to kind of expand upon what they did with the ship combat in oh, AC3. Yeah. And they put so much... Really cool development into the into the ship and the physics and the water and all that stuff yeah. and they're like let's just make a full pirate game <laughs> yar yar <laughs> we're doing that every time we talk about this now <laughs> every yar, single time pretty much yeah yeah i'm a child i can't help it it's just it's gonna happen so all right next up well these these two are kind of quick got a couple more release dates though Ooh. Pretty badass. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, Beyond Two Souls finally has a release date. 
Sweet. Which I'd be happy to tell you if Google ever stops redirecting. Piece of crap. <laughs> October 8th, 2013. All right, then. That's when it is. Indeed. Uh, also, Confirmed. if you go to our, if, if you go to the post <laughs> on our site, uh, Randy actually put up a couple of videos as well showing uh, uh, Willem Dafoe, who's in the game. And, uh, and Nathan, or he plays scientist Nathan Dawkins, who works with Jody, played by Ellen Page, to analyze her powers. Huh. Obviously, he's got to be evil. At some point, he has to be evil. This is Willem Dafoe we're talking about. I don't think so. Nathan Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Scientist. Nathan Dawkins. Well, he's a government scientist, so... See? He he's a evil. scientist for evil! <laughs> but I'm wondering you know if they took the name from Richard Dawkins. Possibly. Hmm. Google it, kids. Uh, And even more exciting, well, equally exciting (laughs) to me, anyway, Remember Me gets a release date, and that will be June 7th, 2013. What the frick? And June 4th in North America. Uh So (laughs) So now we got that coming a week before E3. We have The Last of Us coming the Friday after E3, like the day after E3 ends. God dang it! People are killing me. I guess I won't be reviewing either of those. Remember me though, haha. Or beyond I two souls. Actually, I, mean. I think I was supposed to review both of those. <laughs> Jeez! If we get either of them or one of them, or um, uh, we might get Last of Us. I don't know about Remember Me. I think we'll get Remember Me. That's Capcom. They've been pretty good to us lately. Oh, it's Capcom. Oh yeah, it is yeah. Capcom. I forgot. <laughs> Except we'll get it on the release date. Which is fine, yeah. I mean, but yeah, we won't have it early. We'll, we'll probably get it. Oh yeah, that's fine. We'll yeah. be at E3, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have some kid come by my house and uh, go play it for us. Yeah, yeah, zombies. So no, but very cool. I mean, I'm I'm really excited actually about uh, Beyond Two Souls, obviously, and The Last of Us. Remember me looks cool. I just don't know if it's my type of game after seeing that big gameplay demo last last year. I'm not sure yet. I think it's really neat, but I don't know if it's something I want to play. Yep. You know. Well, let's uh, let's just get, well, let's just get to what we're playing because I barely did anything. Uh, I literally was playing MLB 13, the show, nonstop for like a week and a half. Um, I think I have over 40 hours into into it for a week. So we played it for 28 hours over the weekend, and then just kept That's playing. Not it. much. It's more than you think. <laughs> we actually found, I'll talk about it in the review, but we actually found a bug in the game even. I had to let Ramona or uh, uh, Ramon know about that one too. So playing a lot of that. Also, uh, I had to drive to Kansas City kind of last minute, uh, last Thursday night, and uh, to see my dad. And uh took my Vita with me, which I fully intended to use, and I didn't instead. Well, I kind of did. Uh, my friends that I went and stayed with, their seven-year-old daughter played Sunflowers a lot on my Vita. So I was helping her a lot with that game. It's such a great game too. I need I really need to get back to it. But I think she actually I think she actually like completed half of it for me. So, and I'm taking it. Uh. <laughs> well, I was helping her. I was helping her with stuff, like telling her how to play it and everything else. But she right. she she was kicking some major butt on that game. Uh then some more Zen Pinball too, playing some more Star Wars uh pinball when I had some time, a lot of Boba Fett. Which I'm having an easier time with Boba Fett on the PS3 than the Vita. Uh, I think just because of the speed of the table. 
but still awesome. Uh, played a little bit more of Pinball Arcade as well, but not a lot of it. Just kind of played a table here or there. Um, but that's seriously, that's it for games. I just, <laughs> I have really been getting my ass kicked. I It was basically 11-hour drive down, 9-hour drive back, and got back really late last night. <clears throat> so I got to play some MLB the show today at lunchtime on the Vita and play some more after uh, after work and everything else. But yeah, um, and then watching uh, thinking to watch any movies, but I gotta I gotta t- talk about this this the show called The Following with Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. It's just getting better and better. It's so good, but at the same time, there's some things that I'm like, come on, like anytime there's there's this time where you think somebody's not going to get out of a situation or they are going to get out of a situation depending on who it is there's always somebody that's in on it with the, with the main villain like every time like that guy's in on it she's in on it but it is really damn good if you haven't watched it yet uh, i think they're doing a marathon on it soon uh, to catch you up but it's awesome and then of course spring training baseball uh i've had that on in the background like all day today when i was working so baseball's back baby Hey, Phillies had a one hitter today. Yeah, and uh, when I when we when I got done or when I walked upstairs to start setting up, the Mariners were just crushing the Rockies. Uh, I think it was like twelve to two when I when I left the game. <laughs> they it was just a hit parade. It was crazy, but yeah, I'm really damned excited. Baseball's back, so yeah. <clears throat> and now that I'm working at home, I, I I have to have noise when I'm working, either music or something. So I just put that on and turn the volume up i actually turn the tv off half the time and just have the music or have the noise on so i'm really happy be a bit of happy now if only mlb would update the stupid mlb app on psn because they still have yeah. the old one up bastards yeah yeah i might i've been trying to find out about it but nobody it's this weird thing with those apps because there's obviously somebody at sony that knows about it but nobody knows who that person is <laughs> and I don't know anybody that I can talk to like an MLB. So it's like this weird limbo that the app resides in. But I have been asking around because I know some people or other people are wondering as well. So if I find out, I'll definitely tweet it and whatnot. But yeah, as of right now, I still don't know. But it sucks. Because I paid 130 bucks for that, damn it. Yep. So that's it for me, though. I Yeah, I, it's just been baseball, baseball, baseball. Well, uh, I... Played and completed Aliens Colonial Marines. Excellent. Played co-op and played online. I did everything. I nice. wanted to make sure I got the full experience. Did you do the co-op just with Ray or did you do it with anybody else? No, I never actually got together with Ray. We were oh. trying to and it just <laughs> never happened. So I just did it with random people. And oh, it okay. gave me a very different perspective on the co-op than Ray got playing with his buddy. Yeah, because Ray actually put his written review up on the site today. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't agree on the score. (laughs) (laughs) But more of that after the break. Yeah. Um, uh, Zen Pinball 2, Star Wars. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Sly Cooper, Thieves in Time. Played a little bit more of that. Um, I'm getting closer, inching ever closer to that platinum. You're, you're almost ready there. for this. I'll get there. Uh, and I put in God of War 3. Whoa. Um, because, like I said the other week, I never finished it, and I realized, oh, crap, Ascension's coming like any minute now. Yeah. Oh, I did <laughs> so, play the demo for Ascension, by the way. That's that's the other thing I played. Mm, yeah, I downloaded it. I forgot I downloaded it. 
It's really uh, long. <laughs> there's a reason why I forgot I downloaded it. Um, oh, yeah. Hold yeah, on. Do I, need so, to, do I need to play well, this again? I, I don't know. Should I? Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's, let's just go into that now. Uh, All right. I was going to say what I watched and everything, but let's go into that now. My uh, 80 gig backward compatible fat PS3 died. I, I loaded this music up just specifically because I thought you were going to talk about this tonight. And then, uh... Shoe even gave you a... Shoe was even on your side about that one. He's like, no! Yeah, and then he started trolling me, but that's okay. Yeah, you were trying to get a, a PS4 out of him, and then he said he had a... Uh, he had a PS4 in his hand right now or something with a five-inch screen and two control... Oh! Yeah. <laughs> It's messed up. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It it sucks because I was in the middle of cleaning off my entire desk and getting everything set up so that I could bring that PS3 over easily and plug it right into the monitor and do video and uh, screen captures. Right. So I was getting everything ready, and I'm working my ass off, and I'm cleaning out the desk, and I'm making all this progress. I've got stuff piled all over the basement as I'm doing it, but I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm on my way. I'm going to have this done by the end of the day. It's going to be awesome. And the PS3 was on, you know, just sitting there. And as I'm in the middle of something, I hear beep, 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 and it shuts down. I look over. I'm like, what? Why did it just? Wait, what? And I walk over, and I see a flashing red light. And ah, I felt like I'd been kicked in the gut. <laughs> See, that's why you can't leave your PS3 on at all times, because Sony randomly goes out to try to deactivate PS3s. Well, exactly. We're not selling enough consoles. Shut no, that one is... down and shut that one down. PS4 is coming. Shut these down quick. <laughs> Don't you think we're doing it too soon, boss? No, no, no. Take, take care of it now, because I'm going to buy a PS3 in the interim. Well, we'll get more money. Yeah. It kills me. I'm not. I'm not buying a replacement for it. Uh, I can't. I mean, I don't have the money to anyway right now, but I can't. Yeah. Uh, so that solves my two console problem. Well, well there's Kickstarter. <laughs> you can go to Kickstarter and do that. Yeah. Um, but now I'm in like just a messed up situation. I I haven't really dealt with it. I brought the one from the living room down to the basement because <laughs> that was activated. Um. It, it's not fully up to date with everything, so I don't even know what I'm missing on there on the hard drive. You know, right. like I go to play something and I'm like, wait, where is? Oh, yeah, it's not on here. Um, the one from the bedroom I brought down to the living room, but that's not activated, and I haven't done any of that yet because I just don't feel like dealing with it because I'm yeah. going to have to download an insane amount of stuff to that, and I I don't feel like dealing with it right now. <laughs> Bitch, bitch, bitch. So I'm just not. But with your I'm awesome just, internet, you sh- it should take no time at all. Uh, yeah, but with that awesome database setup they have, it should take about 12 days to figure out exactly what I didn't download yet. Yeah. The way it shuffles every time you scroll through it. Well, that might be fixed uh, by now. You don't, Have you tried lately? It's not fixed. I guarantee it's not fixed. <laughs> I know it's not fixed. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah so i got those problems uh yeah tough problem to have uh, i've only got two ps3s now uh, 
Oh, yeah, first problems. Um, but I mean, like the one that died had a terabyte drive in it. I'm gonna have to take that drive out. I'm gonna have to swap it out with the other one. I'm gonna have to do a backup. It's uh, it's just all this crap I don't want to deal with, you know. Poor Josh. And, and the funny thing was that I saw you tweeting about it, and then you called me, and I I looked at Adam, and I go, Josh is calling. His PS3 died. <laughs> yeah, I needed to talk to somebody about it because it was just. It killed me. It killed all my momentum. Yeah. I just stopped everything I was doing, and I was just stunned. <laughs> I just... Uh, but I got the desk mostly done. I still didn't finish everything. I still have piles of stuff, because it just it <clears throat> killed everything for me. Uh-huh. Um, but I got Are the you just sitting on the couch up. eating cookie dough and watching, like, Days of Our Lives now? <laughs> <laughs> watching Dr. Phil? Well. <laughs> um, but I got everything set up. I brought the... It's it's liberating in a way, you know, because now that I have the slimmer PS3 down here and I plug that in, I'm like, well, this is good to go, you know, and then I brought it right over and I'm like, well, this is easy. And I plug this right in and I got everything going. And I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. It's so easy to just take that from there to here. And then I can capture video. I can capture screenshots. I can do all this stuff. Simple. So that got me excited again. Um, cool, but then uh, so now with all this free stuff that's coming down with the Vita, you know, with PlayStation Plus and everything, uh, I said, all right, I have that extra memory card laying around that came with it uh, way back when, and I should probably use that because my other card is like full. I mean, that's why that's one of the reasons I hadn't pulled Sly onto it yet because right. there was no room for it. <laughs> um, I don't worry about that now. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, I found out there's a major problem with the Vita. Um, and this is, this is unbelievable to me and I hate it. I really hate it. Um, when you swap out a memory card, Mm -hmm. you know, I get it. You have to shut down the system entirely and then you swap out the card and then you turn the system back on. Mm -hmm. Well, then it says rebuilding database. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Rebuild your database. And then all your icons are just strewn all over the place at random. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, it every, doesn't save that for some reason. Every single time you swap something out. Yeah. I, I noticed that. Uh, yeah. I mean, essentially, they're telling you don't ever swap out the memory card because we don't want you to. <laughs> just the, I, I, I'm getting now that the idea behind the system is... Pull stuff off the memory card, like yeah. like back it up to the PS3, back it up to the PC, and then pull it back onto the memory card. Just go back and forth. I, I kind of realized that when I – it seemed that that integration with that content manager that's on the Vita, I mean, it really pops up easily and automatically. And I'm like, oh, I can kind of see where they're going with this, which is why I still really, really hope, even though it's going to be expensive as hell, they bring out a 64-gig card. But um, yeah. I mean, but luckily – in my opinion, that content management software does make it pretty damned easy, especially compared to the Vita or the PSP and how it worked with the PS3. But yeah, it's still a pain in the ass. Like either you got to take up all your drive space for it on the PS3 or on your PC or whatever, because you can do it on your Mac or your PC as well. But you still have to transfer it all the time. And if I'm on the road, maybe I don't have that stuff with me. I don't have my PS3 with me all the time. 
So you have to like yeah. pick and choose what you're going to put on there when you have. Well, actually, no, you don't because there's no games for it. <laughs> Damn right, I'm going to harp on that still. It just it kills me. It just annoys me. Uh, it's something so simple, you know. You yeah. could it, they save space on the they reserve space on the game cards themselves. They could reserve, you know, a couple of K on the memory sticks to actually save the little database. Yeah, put a copy of the database on there. Yeah, I agree. I mean. But they probably won't because it's probably some security thing. Oh, if we put it in there, then the hackers will figure it out and then we're screwed. They'll find, yeah, they'll find a way to uh, crack that database and that's <sighs> how they'll get through. Fucking pirates. Just, you know, it, that's why Assassin's Creed 4 is going to be the best ever. You now it makes pirates. me never want to swap out the memory card again. I, yeah. <laughs> it just kills me. You just got to do it's like me. You have, to buy, you have to buy two different Vitas. Yeah. (laughs) What was I thinking? (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) I'll trade somebody my dead fat PS3 for Every time you got something to complain about, I always have the answer. You might not like it, but I always have the answer. Well, there you go. (laughs) Somebody will want that PS3, even though it's dead, because it's backward compatible. They'll say, well, I can fix it. And I will trade them that (laughs) for a Vita, a working Vita. You should send that? it. Actually, you should send it to me because I'll take the Blu-ray drive out of it. Ah, dick. Yeah, because I need it for my other backward compatible one. Dick. Yeah. Ah, oh, it sucks. It does suck. So, I agree. All that's going on. Um, uh, we watched more Arrow. Still not quite I've, caught up. I'm not yeah. saying anything about it. I've, I haven't watched them all yet, but I found out that uh, oh, somebody told me something else about the show, and I'm like, oh, I gotta watch it. <laughs> Damn it! Well, his flashback stuff is getting even more awesome. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And like in the middle of this flashback, the guy was like, "How did you? How have you survived for six months?" And I'm like, six months? Wait, he's been there. F- he he was there." five years yeah he was there five years total yeah and i'm like oh geez we're barely scratching the surface here of of everything that went on this is exciting because <laughs> i love what they're doing with it they're they're really throwing you curveballs like you you saw the first couple things and you're like oh okay so this is where it's gonna no that goes all out the window and you're like whoa, 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 what <laughs> mm. it's very cool very yeah cool. i got i got um, home last night uh, from Kansas City, and I haven't been home in like five weeks or something like that. So all my AV equipment sits in a different room than my TV does and my speakers. And I got home and I grabbed the universal remote that I have set up. You know, the UF, it's all UHF, so it all, you know, everything's in the mm-hmm. other room. Batteries are dead. I'm like, Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to watch TiVo last night and like catch up a little bit on some stuff. And so now I have to like go into the other room with the TiVo remote. Try to use that. I can't remember where the guide button was on that thing because I haven't used it in so long. I'm trying to use that. Couldn't fast forward. Couldn't pause unless I got my fat ass up off the couch and walked into the other room to do it. <laughs> this is the kind of weekend I've had, people. First world problems. <laughs> yeah. It's been bad all around for both of us. Yeah. Um, I, I did not get to the last episode of Derek. I've seen all but the final episode of Derek. Nice. And... It's fantastic. It's it's so good, so funny, so touching, so just so good. 
Uh, Carl is awesome in it. Uh, all the actors really are awesome in it. Um, Sweet. Even the old people are just, they're great. Every single one of them. Is Betty White uh, in it? She's in everything uh, that deals with old people uh, now. Betty White. <laughs> like anytime there's old people in anything anymore, there's Betty, Betty White. Yeah, pretty much. Which is a shame because Betty White was cool and now it's just become like too much. Eh. You know? I say more power to her. She's what, 91, 92 and she's still kicking yeah. like that? Eh. Yeah. Let her go well, for it. I mean, it's great, but you know, it's it's a little bit too much. It's a little bit of overexposure there. Over, oversaturation, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Betty White was Mary Tyler Moore show for me, you know? Yeah. So, and I was like, oh yeah, Betty White, she was cool. And then you'd see some of her stand up like, oh my gosh, she's filthy. That's awesome. And then it just <laughs> became like a huge thing. And now Betty White's everywhere. And I'm like, all right, that's, that's enough. <laughs> um, but she's cool. And Walking Dead, of course. Of course. Uh, that's all I hear everybody talking about. That Activision game is coming out pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's you know what's even better now is like with the TV show, they're screwing with anybody who's read the books. I mean, like That's I awesome. said, he does they do that anyway with the characters, but now like major plot points, like it's all heading in this one direction. You're like, I know where this is going and what's gonna <laughs> and then No you don't and then everything veers off because characters that were in one place are now in another place and characters that are here are no longer here. They're dead. And it's just, everything is changing and you're like, well, I don't know where this is going to go now. (laughs) Like you have a good idea of where it has to go, but uh, how's it going to get there? Who's going to survive? And, and exactly how is this whole thing going to play out? You just don't know. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's cool. I like. Yeah. I've been seeing the ads that they're playing all the old ones in black and white now too. I think that's really cool. That's really good. Yeah, I like that they're doing that. Yeah. So, and that's it. You know, with my Vita memory card issues and my dead PS3, uh, between those two. Poor Josh. Uh, you know, it's just. I mean, I know. Great. It's not that big a deal, but at the same time, it's one of those things that just takes all the wind out of your sails and just makes you not want to do anything again. You know, you're like all fired up to play a game and then you do this and you put in your Vita memory card and then all the icons are all over the place and you're like, oh, where are they going? It's funny. I've I've been trying to keep them organized and then I cleaned off. I cleaned the fridge a little bit on my my Vita to make room for MLB 13, the show, because originally our review was supposed to be done with the download version. And then this is why I've been bitching about the, and I'm not, I'm not the only one. A lot of people are doing it, but the, the I don't know what's going on, but the US P- PSN team lately has really been screwing up on like getting downloads up correctly. And all of a sudden, I wasn't getting because they had emailed us saying you're going to get a code for the review copy for MLP 13, and you should have it like Monday or Tuesday. So Wednesday rolls around, I still don't have it. So I emailed the PR guy. I'm like, don't tell me that we don't have the review. We're not going to have the review copy until the game releases because the PSN team screwed up. And he wrote back, he's like, well. Because we sent you a card. <laughs> so, <sighs> it's it's really getting frustrating because this game is really big. And especially when we have a game like, you know, with you with Sly Cooper, which was great that they sent us the card because the download version wasn't set up yet. But, you know, games that uh, interact with each other. Version wasn't, the download version oh, yeah. wasn't set up for Sly Cooper until <clears throat> well after the game yeah. came out. Yeah, same way with um, Little Big Planet Carding. There was a bunch of stuff that was supposed to activate. And also... Um, 
PlayStation All-Stars the same way. And, yeah, and they never had that Ninja, so ready to go. Ninja Gaiden Sigma Plus 2, Yep. if you were just buying it, you could buy it. But yeah. if you were reviewing it, the codes we got were not oh, working yeah, they gave for you like two days, codes. and then they had to send us new codes. So <sighs> everybody who bought the game had it before everybody who was reviewing the game. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be, it'd be nice maybe if Sony would figure out what the hell's going on, maybe get rid of those college interns or those people that are bussing in from wherever. Uh, get some people to know what the heck they're doing because this is re- – I mean it's frustrating even for gamers. It's – like stuff isn't ready to go, and you've got the the disc or the you know the disc features or whatever, like you know that unlock a Vita version or whatever else. You're paying good money for that, and it's not working day one like it's supposed to. Fix this yeah. shit. Europe doesn't seem to have this problem. We've actually we've actually been getting review codes for certain games that are downloadable from Europe because they work a week ahead of time, unlike the U.S. ones. If if I had bought Sly Cooper. And I would have bought a day one. You know, if we didn't get the review copy, I would have bought a day one, and I would have been really upset. Yeah. About not having the Vita version available to me until I don't know when it finally went live. I don't know if it was like after midnight on the day it released or if it was the next day sometime. I don't yeah. remember when it finally. I, I think it was the next day finally. Yeah. I remember all reading clicked about it. in, but you know, I would. I would have wanted that immediately on there so that I could mess with it and so that I could have it for my commute the yeah. next morning. Yeah. Because you know, I can't be dealing with that at 7 in the morning and trying to get to the train on time. Oh, you'll deal uh, with it, mister. It, uh, those things are frustrating, especially when you're paying for it. Jeez. That's crazy. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on, and it, I mean, it sounds like I'm whining, but I'm not because it's frustrating from a gamer perspective as well, and and it needs to be fixed. It's it's getting a little out of hand because it's been like this for, I'd say, a good three four months now, maybe even longer. Um, it's you know, but the other problem is you know people like it when when they can read a couple of reviews to see if they even want to bother with it, and that's yeah. what we're trying to do. And and you know if we can't get it, I mean, like you said, there's a couple times where we got it after people could buy it. I even love – I've been complaining lately or not really complaining, but I just don't understand the embargo process sometimes because the embargo mm. for MLB is Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time. So it's 11 o'clock your time. The game is supposed to be day one digital, which means at midnight, if they get it right, at midnight, you should be able to buy, buy that game a full basically 8 to 11 hours bef- before the reviews hit. I just yeah. – I don't understand it, especially on a game that it comes out every year. So they know what they're getting essentially. They just don't know about the updates and if all the updates work or all the changes work, that kind of thing. But it's, a, I, I just don't get it on some of these games. Like it, it was this one. PlayStation All Stars was another one where the embargo lifted like that morning. I think we just yeah, had another Sly one Cooper. too. Yeah, Sly Cooper was like noon. I I don't uh, get it. Noon the day it released, which doesn't make any sense because yeah. that was a fantastic mm-hmm. game. And I mean the. The reviews were a little bit mixed on that, but it seemed to be the people that enjoyed it and the people that didn't quite understand it or, you know, expected a completely different game. See, and and that's Um, that's why I'm kind of thinking the MLB one is when it is, though, because nine times out of ten, you go to, like, a bigger site to have them review a sports game and they don't know sports. They don't have anybody that knows sports games. So they want to go until the last minute because either they're trying to find a freelancer to take it at the last minute or they're trying to stumble through it. And you you don't get a good review out of it because they either review it on one little thing or – and I'm not just saying about MLB. It's like all sports games. But because that's one thing I noticed like right away is it's so tough to find a good review of a sports game anywhere. 
Except for PSNation.com, obviously. Well, obviously. <laughs> I mean, there's a few sports would... sites out there, but yeah, it, it's, I don't know, I, I'm just flummoxed by the, by the embargo process sometimes. I mean, I get it sometimes because they say that it's so that everybody's on the same level in terms of like, I can't re- release a review before somebody else so I can get more traffic because I'm the first one. So that's why a lot of times they'll have an embargo. But the timing of these embargoes lately, like Sly Cooper and MLB especially, it, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. Especially, that's, like I said, when you can buy it at midnight and you can't read the review for another eight hours. Yeah. I mean, at worst, an embargo should lift midnight the day before the game releases. At worst. Yeah. You know, at best, it should it should lift like a week before the game. Uh, we had one. I can't remember which one it was, but we had one where the embargo was a week before the game released. And I was like, well, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I was scrambling. I was like, crap, I've got to get this thing done. But at the same time, I was like, this is awesome. You know, because they know already. I mean, publishers, developers, PR, they know whether they've got a really good game on their hands or a turd. You know, yeah. they're not they're not stupid. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the, the embargoes are set accordingly. I mean, not always. You know, we've had really good... We were just talking about a series of really good games where the embargo was noon the day the game came out, which makes no sense. Right. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know who sets those things. I mean, PR sets them usually, but I don't know who... PR? Well, it's usually PR who marketing. Sits but, down, yeah, yeah. but who sits down and really decides that's a good idea? I, mean, I don't know. I, let's not get any coverage for our game until after it's out, even though we know it's a good game. Well, uh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, in the past, we've talked about this before. Like, usually when you see uh, an embargo lift the day the game comes out, that means the game usually sucks. And that's what scares yeah. me a little bit is that, whoa, what the hell? But, like, MLB, I just I don't get it. I don't get why they don't let us. And, and All-Stars I was really big on, too, because... The beta have been out for a long time. They've been doing events all over the place. It's not like nobody knew what the game looked like. Like, let us re- release videos of it ahead of time. Let us build up some 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 hype for this game. Yeah, like, that was All Stars was a little crazy because everybody yeah. had played it <laughs> before. I just don't it understand it. Like MLB, you know, I mean, you'll hear in the review, but the visuals are the least changed this year. Let me review. Let me release some videos showing like the new features of Road to the Show or you know of the new. Um, uh, postseason mode, that kind of stuff, so that people can see it and understand it, because it's easier to do a video and show people or even screenshots than it is to write it out a lot of times. Especially with a game with so much in it, like MLB, and I just don't get it. Like, I could have been releasing shit for, like, two weeks, and getting that hype going like they want, but no. Wait until 11 hours after the game's out. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. It, t- it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'll never understand it. Well, actually, I put something on Facebook, and a uh, PR guy that we know pretty well uh, that used to work for Sony, works for Sony uh, SOE now. He's like, I'll, I'll fill you in sometime. So, yeah, I'm I'm just confused. I'm old and confused. Where's the onion to hang for my belt? Paint my fence. <laughs> where's my blintzes? Paint my fence. <laughs> I don't understand. When's Matlock on? Matlock! Matlock! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, with that, why don't we take our break, and uh, when we come back, we'll do some reviews and junk and stuff, and maybe some emails and some voicemail and other fine chicanery. 
that the right word? It is now. We'll be right back. Review time. Review time. Ba, 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 ba. I don't even know what that was. All right. Wait, do I have any music that would go for that? <laughs> sure, that works. Come on. I haven't been able to do sound effects for like five weeks. I got to I gotta get that out, you know? I got to work that out of my system. So first uh-huh. up, uh, MLB 13, the show, uh, obviously coming out on the 5th here. And uh, even with the review embargo, hopefully, you know, I'll put the show out in time that we don't have to mess with the embargo. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm being sarcastic and pissy and bitchy. So uh, this year, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's probably the least amount of cosmetic changes that, that we've seen in the series. But don't think that this is just some kind of a roster update because there are probably the most changes in the back end than ever before. Um, completely revamped Road to the Show. Uh, added a new mode called uh, postseason mode where basically you can set up your own postseason so you can have all the different layers of uh, playoffs you know the the and the, the championship series blah 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 with the world series you can randomize all the teams and just control one or multiple teams uh, obviously if they're playing each other you can't do it uh, but you can also choose like in each layer how many games you want to play so if you don't want to do best of seven best of seven best of seven you can actually knock that down pretty cool in the, in the postseason mode uh, it's a lot of fun. It's 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 the first thing I did when I cracked the game open. We went into postseason mode and played that. Um, really well done overall. Except at the end, it was a little weird. Like the Brewers won the World Series. Obviously, this is a, a true simulation. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> but uh, you know, they get out there and they're jumping around on the, on the on the field, and the fireworks are going off and everything. But they didn't even like do an announcement for the MVP or anything. Like it would it would just like showed you after after the after the fact they showed you the box score and then like oh by the way mvp is Corey hart or whatever uh so it was a little weird i I thought that was kind of something that they probably could have improved on but postseason mode itself is is really a lot of fun and i think i you might see people playing that multiple times just to kind of simulate even like last year's uh, world series run for detroit or you know just to see uh if san francisco would really win it if, if this happened or if that happened that kind of thing so really like it. it it's a brand new mode and it, it's a lot of fun um road to the well i'll get to road to the show last because that's the meatiest part for me because that's really what i play the most um but they've got this cross-platform online play for home run derby between the vita and the ps3 well as with this as with everything that's online they didn't have the servers up until the game's out so any of the online stuff i couldn't try 
So uh, unfortunately, I can't tell you that. What I'm going to do, though, on the written review is I'm actually going to go in and try all the online stuff, play the regular online play, play the cross-platform, try the online leaderboards for Road to the Show that they've added this year, uh, and also the unified uh, universal profile, which uh, actually uh, grabs all your stats, tracks everything between the Vita and the PS3 version. Uh, So I'll go in and actually add that to the review after the fact. Um, Yeah, nothing worked. They kind of screwed things up. So... Um, Also, uh, the franchise and season modes have really made a big change as well. Uh, now, in both of those modes, your team's budget is actually solely uh, based on your on-field performance. So they've really simplified it, but also it's kind of how it should be to a certain extent, uh, which is another nice thing uh, that they did when we had Ramon on the show a few few episodes ago. We talked about uh, one of the things that came out of the community day is one of the guys really knows arbitration like extremely well. So they really revamped the arbitration system at the last minute. And from what it sounds like, it's probably one of the deepest arbitration systems in any sports game. Uh, they really revamped it quickly, and it, it sounds like it's working completely. You don't want me looking into that, though, because I'm, I'm terrible with it. The other thing I'm terrible with is Diamond Dynasty 2.0. Uh, somebody on Operation Sports actually got the game early, and it sounds like they've been messing with all the different modes. And I don't understand Diamond Dynasty. I get the concept, but I don't understand how to play it. I've never. Ha- I've sat with the developers, and they told me how to play for an hour, and I still just had this slack jawed look at them, just go, oh, I don't get it. Um, but it sounds like they made a lot of changes with Diamond Dynasty kind of with the feedback they got from the community. And so far, it sounds like people are pretty happy about what they've done. Again, I can't really factor that into the review because, quite frankly, I don't know what I'm doing. So get that out of the way as well. Uh, What I want to focus, though, on, obviously, is Road to the Show, which is really kind of the jewel of the game. I mean, it's it's really what sets this game apart from a lot of other sports games. And other sports games have actually tried to emulate this, and and I've never found one yet that that really does it as well. So they've completely revamped Road to the Show this year, uh, especially kind of uh, cosmetically, but also just kind of thematically. So they've made this push, and, and also, uh, before I get started, anything that I talk about here, any of these new features, the cameras, the, the audio, anything else, you can actually change and revert back to the old version in the options. So again, this is kind of another option for you, but it, it's by default, this all, all this stuff is there. So first thing is just visually uh, how they do things where when you come up to bat now, like the camera kind of swoops in on you and, and it's real, real, you know, real dramatic and everything. Uh, but they've really minimalized everything that's on the screen now. So you don't see all the stuff going on. You don't see like, Oh, this is your, you have a 10 game hitting streak going on. It's your responsibility to kind of know that going into the game. So you can find that in, uh, the menu that pops up between your appearances in the game. It'll tell you a lot of that stuff, but it's very minimalistic. So, uh, overall in the game, they actually got rid of the whole score bar that's on the top of the screen, and it's down to what you see now on Fox, especially with little what they call the score bug. So it just takes up that little section of the upper left-hand corner of the screen. Uh, so very minimalist, though, and, and you can actually remove even more stuff off the screen that's on there. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to have the pitch callouts on there, nothing uh, in Road to the Show, and it's, it, and I think you can actually remove that in franchise as well, and maybe even regular. Um, but also visually, like I play outfield all the time. I just I don't like playing on the bases. I don't like being a pitcher. I don't like being a catcher. So I can't really talk to that. But uh, as an outfielder, it's almost from a first person perspective now. So you're still kind of a, away from your player. But when the ball's actually coming to you, it zooms in quite a bit. And like I said, it's very very close to being first person. 
And it, it, it is a lot more like you're actually that fielder now. Um, so when the ball's hit, uh, if you're in this new mode, it'll have what's called a ball halo. So it's a little circle around the, on the, around the ball that'll like show red, yellow, or green, depending on if it's a catchable ball or not. And the same way if it's a ground ball or a line drive, anything. But your perspective actually stays on the ball the whole time. And even making it even more complex, and you can turn this on or off too, they have a catch button now. So instead of just getting under the ball and trying to catch it, you actually have to hit L2 when it turns green and your glove will come up because you're actually controlling him raising his glove to catch the ball. So you can still kind of catch it on the run, but when you bring the glove up, he slows down automatically. <clears throat> the, the catch button, though, is tied in directly with your player's fielding abilities. So if you don't bump up your fielding ability in training, you're going to suffer. You're going to bobble the ball a lot. You're going to drop the ball a lot, that kind of thing. I played for a few hours with it, and I got it down, and I was still dropping the ball every now and then, but I got it down. I will be honest, though, I turned it off. <laughs> I just, it, it was, well, it was distracting. I, it just, I don't know. It, it was distracting to me, but I did get pretty good at it. Uh, but the other problem was with me, <clears throat> it gets complex because you still have to hit, like if you're at the wall to, get, to rob a, uh, like a home run if you want to rob it, you have to hit R1 to jump, but then you have to hit L2 to catch it, and... It just gets like where all of a sudden I'm contorting my hand almost. It just felt really weird. So that's the main reason I turned it off. Uh, but I do like this view. And, and the other cool thing is you can – I can't remember the button you hit. I think it's – I want to say L1. But you, have, you can hit another button while you're playing and it will actually revert you back to the old view. But you have to hold it. So that's again – it's a little tougher to do. But you can revert back to it without even going to the options to revert it. <clears throat> um, also this year – is a button accuracy mode for, for throwing the ball. So now instead of analog is still there, all the other stuff that was there before is still there, but this new one is kind of a hybrid between the timing and um, the analog, but it doesn't use the analog part of the buttons. It's it, so it's a metered system. And what you want to do is you want to accurately hold it. So like if I want to hold, go to second base, I don't just hold uh, X because in road of the show it's reversed. Although you can change it this, this year too. I, I, we found out accidentally, but you hold X, and instead of just holding it to throw to the second base, you hold it, and a meter goes from left to right. And what you want to do is let it off when it's in the green. And then your throw is more accurate. So it's actually, I really like it. And it was funny, I, I like took a picture with my phone, just kind of dicking around. And Ramon saw it, and he's like, come on, player, you got you to gotta use analog. I'm like, dude, I'm using your new mode, dick. Because <laughs> he's giving me shit. I'm like, wait, I'm using your new mode. Uh, I will. It, it, it's funny. I really like it. I really like this new button accuracy thing. But I did go back to analog for a little while because I'm used to it because that's all I played last year. But I really like it. And and actually, I'm now that I my, I left my debug at rocks because I'm only going to be here for a week. <clears throat> so he's playing on that one. I got to start my road of the show over because I never had my debug online to get the stuff off of it. So I'm going to start a new one. I'm going to go back to the button accuracy because I, I do. I really do like it. It's it's a great addition. It works phenomenally. Also in Road to the Show, uh, they completely redid the um, the audio design as well. So people were complaining for a long time that in Road to the Show, you're, you're trying to simulate a player. You're trying to simulate being a baseball player more than the other modes. But you still heard, heard all the commentators. You still had all the overlay on the screen, all that kind of stuff. So what they did this year is, again, kind of minimalistic. They took away the commentators except for every now and then they'll show like between innings. You'll, you'll hear them, but it sounds like they're on a radio actually. Um, but when you're out in the field and when you're like base running and when you're hitting and everything else, when you're actually on the baseball field, you'll hear like the catcher 
talking to something or, you know, saying stuff to you, not very much, but he'll say something to you or somebody in the stands will say something to you, or you'll hear your bench telling you like, come on, rip one, come on, rip one. Or when, when you're in the field, like if you're like, I play right field most of the time, if I'm going for a long fly ball, my center fielder might call me off it. So you'll actually hear like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, the best part about that, that I really love, uh, is when you run the bases. So now, instead of trying to keep your eye on, on hand signals, that kind of thing, which is actually pretty difficult, your base coaches are not going to talk to you. So now when you're running to third and you don't know if you can go to home yet because it's behind you in right field, you'll actually hear them say, like, you know, dig it, dig it, dig it, or round it, or, or stop right here. That's cool. Yeah, That's the big. audio cues are so, – I, I picked up on that immediately, and I freaking love it. I love the fact that they did that now because, honestly – you don't have to you don't have to concentrate on some of the stuff as much because now you've got that base coach yelling in your ear, you know. But the way they did it, I mean, it's really good. It sounds like you're on the field because I played baseball for a long time in, in grade school, high school, that kind of thing, and it really did feel like that. Uh, so really, I, I love the audio design on not just Road to the Show. They really made some changes in, in the audio in other places too. But in Road to the Show, I mean, they've really revamped a lot, and and honestly. It's been the same way for a really long time, and I had it took me about an hour to get used to it because there's so many changes at once. Uh, but just take your time. You know, you're in Double A when you start anyway. So if you lose a few games, who gives a crap? Um, but take your time and mess around with the options. See what you like best. Uh, there's a few more uh, plate coverage indicators now. There's one that's just kind of an outline that I love because it really kind of uh, stays out of out of your view, and and uh, but it still kind of, it works the way it's supposed to, and I, I love it. Although I usually turn that off anyway, but uh, I was playing with it. And I really like the new ones. Uh, also, bunting now, they did something that it's funny. People were on Operation Sports were bitching about this, and I don't understand why. But bunting now, you can do full analog bunting, and you really have a lot of support. I'm saying really a lot, but you get a lot of, lot of uh, control over your bunting now. And one of the things that happens is because you're in the catcher view, when you go down to bunt, it actually kind of makes the bat transparent a little bit. So it's not it's not in your way when you're trying to line it up with the ball and people were bitching huh. because they made the bat, bat transparent. I'm like, what, how else would you bunt if you can't see it coming? Because now you're squared up the bunt. You're all in the way. How do you know? if? So yeah, I don't know people that are bitching about it. I think are just bitching to bitch, but uh great. Well, addition. I don't think I ever really had a problem bunting. Not well, being able to see. it depends on the, the view that you're in though, because if you play any of the other catcher views, they might be pulled in more. And when you're squared, you just don't see the ball coming because the bat's in the way because you're zoomed in a little mm. bit. So I mm. love the fact that they added that. I I think it's great because I've, I've actually been bunting a lot more than I usually do and because my player's like way faster than any of the guys I've ever created before. Uh, but the bunting in this, man, they did an awesome job with it this year. It, it gives you a ton of control over it, and it's very easy to do. So absolutely awesome. Uh, also wrote of the show um, – I don't know if it's the dice rolls that I got on my character because I pretty much just randomized my character, essentially. But he's a beast. Like, I don't know if they made a change where to get you up to AAA into the majors faster, they might have kind of beefed things up right away, or, or I just have a really good character. That's why I wanted to try to do a new one, but I didn't have time. But um, the way that they handle, you know, anytime you ever get up to the plate or anytime you field, you, you earn training points for either doing well or not too well. The way that they handle uh, the training points the last couple of years, they've really made a lot of changes. And this year they actually did it, went even further. 
So now you don't have to worry about watching for hand signals when you're batting to for um, for like a hit and run. Now you just kind of do the things and they grade you on it, but you never actually get dinged for not doing a hit and run anymore. That kind of thing. Because I, I was got pissed off at that one. I've had a couple instances where I like hit one down the third base line though, and and just totally trailed one down the third base line, hit a batter in, you know, so I got an RBI out of it, and it's like okay at bat. I'm like what? I just hit a double down the third base line, got an RBI, and it's an okay bat. But it's never going to be perfect, I guess. <clears throat> um, and that's kind of another thing I need to talk about in the entire game. They've added this new trajectory system that we talked about uh, with Ramon as well. So you're going to see a lot more tailing fly balls. You're going to see a lot more kind of dunking a really short fly ball into into very shallow outfield, uh, and also just kind of dunking them over the infielders' heads. That kind of we I had one just slam right off set the second base already, like the actual base pad. And you also got the push and pull uh, tendencies now for your player, so you can just hit pause and go and look, and you'll see what your tendencies are. But way more accurate this year, way more realistic, especially with the new ball physics as well. So you, you kind of combine those two, and man, it's awesome. Like the trailing fly balls look exactly how they should. We even had a ball um, that just caught a piece of it, and it was spinning a really weird way, and it actually went. Uh, it went foul in the sand, and because of the spin, it actually rolled fair. Like, made a spin, and you could see it kind of grab and go fair. <laughs> and the catcher grabbed it and threw me out. I mean, just stuff like that. It's just awesome. I mean, I never. I, I was really impressed with the physics last year, and I, I didn't think they'd be able to improve on it too much more in this generation, but I was wrong. I mean, they did such an awesome job this year. Uh, I've only seen two ground rule doubles so far. I've probably put 40, game, 40 hours into the game so far. And I've only seen two ground rule doubles. So that was a major problem last year. Uh, they definitely fixed it this year. They, they It's it's way better. Um, yeah, the ball physics, man. They, whew, man, they did a great job. Uh, also in Road of the Show, one thing that they added as well is now when you get um, when you get injured. I had, a, I had a fractured leg. I was out for 60 days. <clears throat> when you get injured, uh, when you come back, they actually award you bonus training points to help you rehab a lot faster. So I thought that was really cool. And, and that did make the game a little more enjoyable. Because uh, you got to go in and kind of work on everything before you got back into the game. Franchise is franchise. You know, you get in there, you take your, your creative character in and do what you got to do. But, uh, you know, like I said before, all the budget changes and, and also all the uh, the management changes and the arbitration changes are all there. Uh, very well done. Um, I'm looking through my review right now. It's like 2,200 and some words. So I kind of wrote a lot. Because <laughs> I don't want to miss anything. That's about my uh, Sly Cooper review. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's always so weird reviewing a baseball game like this that comes out of your life. It's like Madden, you know, because Madden, you always have to look at the other modes or whatever, too. But this, I didn't, I honestly, I didn't expect as many changes this year. I mean, we always get the pack of paper, the fact sheet that tells us everything has changed. But <clears throat> I'm always worried that people are going to look at it because this year, especially, they didn't make a lot of visual changes at all. Visually, the changes that are made with this one are tweaks to the stadiums. You know, they added, I, I always get the number wrong, but I think it's like seven new minor league stadiums and five new spring training stadiums. But the other existing stadiums they had, uh, because they're kind of these, these uh, montage stadiums, you know, they're, they're kind of mutts of other stadiums they put together, but they tweak them every year. And so the ones you've always seen, like all American ballpark and everything else, now they have more stuff, around the ballparks, that kind of thing. So visually, that's what you're going to see is like these little tweaks here and there. <clears throat> um, 
The new stadiums are pretty cool, though. There's one with a roller coaster and a Ferris wheel off in the distance. There's one that's actually might be the same one where it's on like a body of water out in, in the outfield. Uh, there's another one that has like these humongous monster trucks out in center field. Or actually right center, like up on these rocks and everything. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's a really cool design, and and uh, they made all the stadiums have really gotten gotten tweaks of some part or another. Uh, even the major league stadium. So we went and looked at a bunch of them. Uh, Kaufman really looks better. The scoreboard has definitely been fixed now. Uh, it looks very very close to the real thing. The Hall of Fame looks better. It's cleaner. Uh, I, we actually played for Seattle in Double A Triple A, and I uh, got called up to the forty man roster in Seattle. And one thing that uh, Rock noticed, he pulled up a, a picture because they made dimension changes at Safeco Field this year. They actually brought the, the fences in a little bit in certain spots. So we went and looked at it, and they actually made all of those changes in the game. So they, what they did, though, it's funny, uh, is they put kind of a fence up in front of the walls that were there. So there's like all these little spaces all over the place between the wall and the fence. But that's what they put into the game, and it's actually very, very accurate. We were pretty impressed with that. Uh, also, the new stadium in Safeco Fields there looks fantastic. My God, that thing's a beast. It's, it like, takes up half the stadium. <clears throat> uh, Miller Park looks better. Uh, Detroit looks better. Uh, Wrigley, they really made a lot of changes to the patios over on the right side. It looks really accurate. Uh, obviously, there's still going to be little things here and there. Like at Wrigley, the numbers, I believe it, or the, or the font that they use on the scoreboard doesn't look like the real scoreboard because of a, a system thing where they don't have the font in there, basically. But looks great. Uh no changes in lighter light cycles. So there, you know, there's an afternoon cycle and there's an evening cycle, that kind of thing. They didn't add anything like they were trying to, trying to accomplish, but it's, it's all the little tweaks. And, and again, you know, you might look at it and say, Oh, this is the same game. It's really not. There's so much in the background uh, that they changed this year. That's, it's just crazy. Uh, they added Steve lines to the commentator group, which is, is really cool. You know, now you got a lot more variety in, in what they say. I'm a fan of Vaskersion, so all you haters out there can just keep hating. I don't care. I like Vaskersion, so I'm really glad he's back. Um, a lot more kind of presentation stuff in there now, if you, if you don't skip past it. Uh, a lot more camera angles, a lot more tweaks that you can make, a lot more customization this year. Uh, really make this game your own. But, um, yeah, I can't talk about the online, obviously. And uh, There's like, oh God, I'm looking at the sheet right now because this is a good reminder. But... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Universal profile. I can't talk about Yeah, whatever. So is it a worthy upgrade? Well, well, actually first Vita, uh, Vita again is basically the same game without diamond dynasty. It still doesn't have a lot of the presentation stuff, but that's by design. They, they figure basically you're on a portable platform. You don't want all that presentation stuff because you're going to eat three hours of your battery with one game. I agree. I, I, I don't want all that crap on there. I want to zip through when I'm on a portable platform. Uh, but it looks a little bit sharper this year. It really does. There's some Vita pictures in the review, and I actually put a couple. I put a couple of pictures of Miller Park up that are kind of close, and you'll see how how close they really look this year. Uh, it, it it looks a little bit sharper. It's a little bit easier to hit this time, so they definitely tweak that. Uh, but you know, it's it's essentially the same game. But they they've apparently fixed all the patching issues that they've had before. Obviously, I can't test that until they patch it. But uh, no, it's it's really cool in the Vita. It, it plays great. It looks great. It sounds great. Uh, you know, I wish I could say more about the online, but I can't just because they don't have the servers up, and that's that sucks. I wish I could talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, me being a road to the show guy, the way I am, I freaking love this year's. I, I think it's just absolutely awesome what they've done with it. 
Uh, I do think it's a worthy upgrade this year. Uh, it, it really is. If you want, if you want to talk about between the Vita version and the PS3 version, that's your own choice. I mean, you can go get one of those deals where the Vita one's nineteen ninety nine instead of thirty nine. Um, personally, I'd have no problem buying both of them, and I think they're really good. and And they've done a great job with the game. Uh, although I did find a bug. Uh, so there's a bug in the game when you buy it. It's not going to be patched day one, but I have made uh, San Diego aware of it. Uh, basically, when you go in and create your own player. Uh, so we, we tried Buster Posey's stance. And so one of the things that you can tweak now is you can actually have, when you bat, a follow-through of one-handed or two-handed follow-through. So we switched it to a two-handed follow-through. Or no, one-handed follow-through. I might get this confused, but with Buster Posey stance and uh, it's not applying. So when you go into the game and actually play in both franchise and in Road of the Show, uh, this, the follow-through actually reverts back to the default. So that bug is there. You know about it now. <laughs> it's in the written review as well. But uh, they are looking well, at it. that's it. I'm not getting the game. Yeah. That's crap. Fuck this game. I'm getting 2K so I can play the exact same piece of shit that we've had for five years. Um. Yeah, it's a bug. It's known, and they're going to work on it. So it's not going to be patched day one, but they they do know about it. So if you see that, know that they know. Uh, but well, I got to give it a different score, don't I? Yeah, you do. You have oh, to give it a number man. score. Yeah, we're switching to a number scoring system. We're sw- well. Give your score, and then we'll explain. Okay. The so we're doing after. zero out of ten, or zero to ten. It's zero to ten in point five increments. Okay. So I gave so, it a I gave it a nine point oh. All right, there you go. But I will say that a nine point oh out of a hundred. Oh my! Oh my gosh. god! The game sucks. <laughs> uh, that score could change depending on how all the online stuff works. So just letting everybody know, I don't think it will, but. It's weird because at this point in the game, online game or actually playing online, I just don't even have an expectation for it anymore because it sucks for so many years. <laughs> so I don't know. But uh, yeah, I gave it a 9.0. So there we go. Out of 10. Thought I had to say that. All right. So explain the scoring thing. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about this for quite a while. Over a year. <laughs> Uh, a couple of years, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> and we've been trying to figure out exactly how we were going to do it, what we were going to do, whether it was going to be out of 100, whether it was going to be out of 10, whether it was going to be 0.5s or just whole numbers or, you know, 0.2345678, all that crap. And we've been going back and forth on it here and there and haven't really done much with it, but we keep talking about. Uh, Metacritic. Yeah. And how messed up it is if we do become part of Metacritic and we've got letter grades and how they convert those and how they're never quite right. So that was part of it. And part of it was just to make it more clear i mean as as we talked about this and i started thinking back in my mind about okay these reviews because we're going back and we're gonna change the reviews all the reviews on the site that have letter grades we're going to change them to numbers right and there's some of them yeah some of them that like i gave maybe an a plus 
And my immediate thought is, that's a 9.5. That game is a 9.5. That game's a 10. (laughs) That game's a 9.5. You know, it's still an A-plus in my mind. It's still a fantastic game, but it's a 9.5. You know, it had minor issues, and that's what it would get. So, for me, personally, there's that sort of wiggle room there from a 1 to 10 scale, 0 to 10 scale with 0.5 increments that you don't get in, you know, A to F. Right. Uh, so we're going to go back through. We're going to eventually. <laughs> what this we shit, white man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eventually. Actually, I'm sending out the, the writers don't know this yet because they haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're, wait, we're doing what? Well, they, they, I mean, they saw that we were doing it because Ray put his review of Alien Colonial Marines up today, and it had a number score. And yeah. all of a sudden, I started getting these emails and tweets like, "Hey, I saw that there's a number score. What the hell's going on here?" <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna work with the writers on that. I'm gonna be doing all the changes. That's the thing. They're gonna tell me what their new score is, but I'm gonna be doing all these changes. OCD. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's complicated. It's not just change the graphic out there's more to it than that that needs to be done in each review so i'm gonna do it so we don't all screw it up um but that's part of it you know we just we just want to make these more in line with other sites and just make it more clear you know what the score is and if we do become part of metacritic or anything like that that it falls into line much more easily and it's much more transparent than a letter grade. Right. Which could be, you know, A plus, A, A minus could be interpreted in many different ways in, a, you know, a 100 point number score from Metacritic. Well, I, the other thing is, I think, uh, and, and I've talked about, about it to some other writers as well, uh, like Andrew Yoon and I talked about it last week, but. You go to our site now and you see a lot of A's because we love games. But like you said, an A plus might not be a 10, you know, and, and I think it kind of shows a little more variety when people look up all the scores and I just think it looks better that way. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, I, I already went through like 15 or 20 of mine and I mean, on some of them I was like, well, wait, that's this, but that should be this number score. And then I looked at it for a second. I was like, that seems low. And I'm like, no, but that's what it, no, that's what it is. You know? So the, I've already put in, you know, for the handful of grades that were there, I've already put in a pretty wide spectrum from 10 all the way down to seven in the number scores. So yeah, it'll, it's, it's going to look different. But I think it'll be a little bit more properly representative of what it should be. Yeah, I agree. So. God, I hope so. We've been dealing with this for so damn long. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no finite science to it. Like an A plus does not always equal a 10, like right. we just said. Right. And an A does not equal a 9.5 necessarily. You know, it it depends. You know, people will go through their own review They'll look at what they gave it, they'll think about it, and they'll make the decision. Is this, you know, what number is this? And, and just and, have to regrade it, essentially. Yeah, and let it be known that we were doing the grades because of Mark. 
<laughs> Seriously. Well, either way. Uh, yeah, I agreed it with it, but it was his idea, but I agreed with it. I was fine with it because that set us apart, man. We weren't doing these numbers, man. We're doing our own thing. Yeah, that worked out great. Hey, eh, worked for <laughs> four years or whatever. Yeah, that's four years worth of shit we got to go fix. Thanks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't have to. <laughs> you and your infinite OCD have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it it has to be done, I think. it's Because eh. it makes... I mean, I'm not going back... Like, we've changed the review format and stuff like that. I'm not going back and reformatting every freaking review. That's insane. Yeah. There's no way to do anything like that. You know, that's I'm leaving stuff now. like that alone. But uh, <laughs> I think at least the grades, the scoring should be the same across the site instead of somebody goes and looks at a review. Oh, this one's a 7.5. Oh, this one's a B minus. What the fuck? Huh? You know? Yeah. So they do. They all have to be the same. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, let's jump into aliens, colonial Marines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that awesome bum that, Huh? People lost their jobs over that game today. Well, yeah. Yeah. Rightly so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Strap in, folks. Yeah, I see where this is going. Um, I'm kind of bummed that Ray isn't here because uh, I don't know if I said, did I say this already on the show or did I just say this to you offline? Uh, His score? You said it offline. Okay. Yeah, I... He posted his review earlier today, you know, and he he put the draft up and I ran through it and, you know, had to put the the banner in and whatever. And I, I had already had my score formulated in my head and my, my whole thing done, you know, in my head. And I just skimmed through it. I read through it just to see what he said about it and see, you know, where we agreed and where we might not have agreed and everything. And to see what is. And by the time I got to his score, I was like, whoa. Because he gave it a 6.5. Yeah. And I thought, wow. I wrote to him because he said, you know, I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. And I I said, well, I wasn't quite so generous as you were. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of wish he was here. (laughs) This would be awesome. Yeah, Ray was sick. He must have, I don't know. Okay. So we all know the weird, sordid history of this game. We've been talking about it for weeks. Uh, Indeed. Everything we were promised, everything we had seen, everything we were shown, and then what it actually turned out to be. Yeah. I played through the entire game. I played through co-op, some co-op, you know, not tons of co-op, and some multiplayer. Um, so that I had a good handle on what the game is. And it's funny because, you know, when it starts up and you see Gearbox, you're like, yeah, Gearbox, all right, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and then you think it's got four-player co-op, and you're like, Gearbox, four-player co-op, Borderlands 2, yeah, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Not so awesome. No. Because Gearbox really didn't do anything on the game, we found out. Exactly. Yeah. It's obvious they didn't do anything on the game. Um all right, so one of the big things was the story. Yeah. Uh, they kept talking about how you know they had their way in with this line that was dropped in the movie, um, but there was always that question, because if you've seen the movies, 
I'm not going to really spoil much of the movies. I'm just going to give you the major point that you need to know here is that I'm not, I'm not, is that the Sulaco, the Sulaco leaves orbit of LV-426. And when Alien, that's at the end of Aliens. And Alien 3 starts and the uh, pods have been jettisoned and everybody's dead except Ripley. And that's the very start of Alien 3. Um, so when the game starts, the Sulaco is back in orbit of LV-426 and the rescue ship is there to figure out what happened to everybody. So that's one major thing. Like, how did that ship get back there? Yeah. And what the hell's going on here? Oh, <laughs> uh, what's going on here? Yeah. So you go through this whole story, and it makes sense for the most part. You know, you're still not sure why the ship is there. You get to the very end of the game, and there's a major twist that happens, and they explain why the ship is there, and you're like, okay, I buy that. And then there's some other big thing that's hanging out there where you're saying, wait, but what? And one of the characters actually voices your concern. Mm -hmm. The character says, well, okay, I understand that, but explain this. And it's written off with, well, that's that's a longer story. (laughs) And that's it. They don't tell you. There's nothing. (laughs) There's absolutely no explanation as to how the F this whole thing comes together. So they had no explanation. They had nothing. They just decided, well, this will be cool. So let's just throw this into the game and let's forget about any continuity or anything else. And when somebody asks about it, just gloss it over. Eh, That's a long story. I don't want to tell you about that. All right. So I got to the, to the end of the game waiting for this big explanation. I got nothing. Um, that's a problem <laughs> that I had a big problem with uh, well, the rest of the game the entire game I had a big problem with um, <laughs> I really did yeah. I, even if I hadn't seen any of the preview stuff forget the preview stuff this game and I've said this before I think on the show this game feels looks and feels like a bad PS2 game that got an HD remake. Yeah. And you would look at it and think, why did they take this piece of crap and do an HD remake of it? It's and it's a funny. Game. Ray kind of said the same, kind of the same thing. And the funny thing is I started looking at his review more. Ray can't uh, capture footage or anything. So he was using mm-hmm. the images that, he, that we were provided by the publisher. Yeah. And I think they're the PC ones, so the fucking screenshots look awesome. <laughs> yeah. The screenshots look good, but they're not the screens in the game. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, like right off the bat, in the game, you can customize your weapons. Uh, you get all these upgrades, and you can go in, and you can customize your weapons. But right there, and, and this, this game has an install, too, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Uh Maybe it no, yeah, it does. It does have an install, uh, so it does an install. You go in to customize your weapon, and there's like a nice big picture of the weapon on the screen at the top of the screen, mm-hmm. and then a full second after you see that, the textures load for the weapon. Ugh. 
So it's, I mean, right, right there on the freaking menu screens of the weapons. That's how bad it is. Every time you turn around, some, some texture is loading or the AI is just horrible. Right. And the, your Marines, your Marines that are with you, they're supposed to be, you know, your guys. And they keep saying throughout the whole, we don't leave Marines behind. And that's their big <laughs> thing. Hmm. Well, uh, they all disappear on me and I've got five aliens jumping on me yeah. and, and they're nowhere to be found. <laughs> and then I turn around and they're all on top. Like all the Marines are on top of me and they're, they're just, it, they're and then you there, find out they're that they're actually there. the Salvation Navy from Canada. <sighs> That's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. So, uh, take that. Canada. You'll be able to walk directly through <laughs> Your the other Marines, you'll be able to walk directly through aliens. Yeah. Aliens walk directly through each other. Uh, I mean, I'm sure people have all seen the videos of the way they, you know, the one alien walking around that yeah. looks absolutely ridiculous. That's, looks like he's dancing or something. Like, a lot of them look like that. That's the really hard thing to take in this, is that the movement of the aliens is just laughable most of the time. It's It's terrible. God. The musical dropout constantly. Um, uh, your your marine AI, you know, I've, I've talked about them. They'll they'll run off in the other direction. You, you just you don't know where they've gone. At one point, they're next to you, like mm-hmm. they're you're looking at the guy. He's right next to you. You start walking down the hallway. You turn the corner, and he's fifty yards ahead of you. Yeah. Suddenly, he just because something. Teleports. Something needs to be triggered in the game, and the guy is now 50 yards ahead of you. It's just this kind of shit happens all throughout the entire game. I got pushed right through a wall by an alien. Not once, but like five times, because I was in this little room, and the aliens would attack, and one would always bust into the room before I could get my gun ready and kill it. And it would push me right through the same wall every single time. Yeah. So I I see most of the wall. I see a little bit of the outside room. And I see the alien head coming through the wall back and forth, Jeez. in and out, in and out. <laughs> and I'm looking at it like, this This is unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable how bad it is. The textures are terrible. The lighting is mediocre at best. Um, the level design is just atrocious. I, it, it's horrendous. Um, the voice acting, it's average at best. I mean, uh, come on, they got Andy Dick. <laughs> there's plenty of doorways and openings. Uh, and you'll see all these doors, you know, you expect this in games. You go down a hallway, a bunch of doors, you can see, you can't go through them all. But the thing is, if you see a green light on a, a door, you're supposed to go through it. You're supposed yeah. to be able to go through it. Huh. You can't Not go through it. necessarily. That. Not necessarily, exactly. Not until they want you to. Uh, then they say, oh, let's, let's go over to this area. Let's have our cutscene. And then let's walk back over here. And now you can go through the door. Uh, there's openings, you know, like there's a little crawl space that you can squat down and you mm. should be able to fit into, but you can't get through it. No, those are for There's, aliens only. Those are for xenomorphs only. 
That's great. Yeah. There's a broken window that's wide open. You should be able to get in there. You can't get through the window at well, all. Well, you don't want to cut yourself. No. There's the black and yellow caution tape uh, <laughs> up, and you can't walk through that caution tape. It's well, like I mean, it's like a brick wall. You should know better than to try to go past the caution tape. I mean, the caution tape is infallible. It's it's you don't walk past the caution tape. Didn't you ever learn anything from those educational videos in school? It's a brick wall. It's insane. Yeah. Two pieces of yellow caution, yellow and black caution tape in an X pattern, and you can't walk through it. You can't do anything. You can look and you can see everything behind it. You can't get through it. Hmm. Um, it's it it's just so bad. Uh, the dialogue doesn't keep up with the action half the time, <laughs> and it gets mixed up. Lines will get dropped because I had the. I had the um, subtitles on. Yeah. The whole time. So the subtitles don't follow what's actually being said half the time. Uh, Either they wrote the subtitles and then changed the dialogue. In some instances, that seems to be what happened. Or the, the subtitles will claim a sound effect is happening and the sound effect never happens. <laughs> um, the, the action gets so intense and so many things are happening and you know, the, the action ends, some guy is screaming out some line, his line gets cut all of a sudden and a different line jumps in because now the cutscene happens. The, the in-game cutscene, you know, it's not in-engine cutscene. It's not like a separate cutscene. Right. It's all in-engine. So the, the dialogue gets all screwed up. Um, when you're walking along and suddenly you get a message from your commander or something and he's talking in your ear, your character starts walking. And you can't run, you can't pull oh. your gun, you can't do anything. So or Revengeance there. does that too, though. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance does that thing. I think it's a loading thing. That's a big problem. Yeah. So, you know, I could stop and I could stand in one place, but I'm already moving down a hallway. This this happened to me. I'm already moving down a hallway. I was running down a hallway. And then all of a sudden I triggered, you know, because and it wasn't me because I was going off in another direction. My AI partners got to the door in the other direction, and that triggered this this audio. Jeez. So as that audio triggers, my guy starts walking, puts his hand up to his ear, and I walk right into uh, an open hallway where there's an auto turret that just starts firing at me. <laughs> And firing at me and firing at me and firing. And I can't move more than this very slow walk. And I'm trying to get out of the hallway and and I'm dead. Just like that. Because I can't do anything about it. That's terrible. Yeah. So I come back to life. I respawn. And... I know. All right. I'm not going to walk down that hallway. Are we like inching forward or something? (laughs) I just, I wait until it's triggered again. I'm like, okay. And I listen to it and that's all right. So I run past the auto turret and I run around and 
I'm not supposed to be doing this yet, obviously, because the AI is telling me, hey, we need to do something about this auto turret. What are we going to do? I don't know what we should do. Meanwhile, I'm like already on my way to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I get there, I hear one of the AI screaming his head off like, ah, ah, ah. And, and I hear the gun going time? off. Oh. He's standing directly in front of the auto turret oh as it's goodness. firing and firing and firing and firing and firing. Yeah. I, the, your AI, obviously, they can never die. Or that, um, that particular AI you had to have to trigger another event farther down the road. No, none of them. You, they, they can't die. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you do. You can fire your gun. You can empty a clip into them. Uh, the aliens can tear them to pieces. They never die. Jeez. Um, so it's just everything about it. Uh, and, and the people that do die, like the aliens that die and like the NPCs that die, they instantly, like within two seconds, they disintegrate (laughs) and just disappear. (laughs) So like human and alien just disintegrate and disappear right in front of you. Roar, dead. Yeah, exactly. Um, at one point, the sound cut out entirely, and the game locked up my PS3. That's a blue screen to your P- or a uh, yellow light or a red light at your PS3, isn't it? No, nah, that that was it was no. I was never playing on the one down here. Oh, okay. Um. So what else? Um. Oh, I. <laughs> I you know there's audio logs and there's little things that you to find throughout the game. Right. Um so I went down some weird path. The AI went up this other path and I saw an audio log down below us. So I jumped down and I go down and get it and I turn around and I'm like how am I going to get back up there? Oh wait, oh. here's a path right up here. So I take the path and I walk up this you know this area right into this big open space Mm -hmm. and the AI is up ahead of me. They're standing there waiting for me. Of course. And I turn around and I'm like, well, let me see where they came from because maybe there's something over there. I turn around, the whole thing is a solid wall behind me. (laughs) Everything. There's no place to go. I'm suddenly like a solid wall. (laughs) I don't know where the hell I just came from or they came from. It disappeared completely. This is what goes on throughout this entire game. Um, <laughs> at one point, all right, there's, you know, they, they showed in the multiplayer, and they've talked about this, that there's different kinds of aliens, you know, aliens that we've never seen in the movies and stuff like that. Sure. Because uh, they got to create their own. Well, there's these weird, messed up ones, the ones that walk like they're goofy, whatever. <laughs> um the one that says walk like a dinosaur. Um, those are the ones that they're messed up for some reason. And they just sit there quietly. Like there's, there's dozens of them and you have to come through this area. You have no weapons, you have nothing. And you have to sneak through this area because you don't know which ones are alive and which ones are not. Jeez. And they're attracted to sound. So every once in a while, one of them will stand up and walk around, and that's where you got that that goofy graphic from. Did I hear something? Guess not. Um, So the thing is, you get through that whole area very slowly and very carefully, Mm -hmm. 
and I get to this to this room where there's two of them. I'm I'm up on a ledge, and there's two of them down below. I have to get over to this switch, and the bridge is broken. So I have to run and jump across, and then pull the switch. Well, well, I run, and I miss the jump, and I okay. fell down next to them. Okay, literally right in front of them. So I just froze, you know, and they, they stirred and they looked around and I was like, okay, I have to slowly sneak out of here. Did you sing a lullaby? Did it have like a thing where you could use your Bluetooth mic and sing a lullaby to them? You know what? It didn't matter because I slowly snuck past them and I looked around the room. There was no way to get back up to the top. (laughs) You're never, ever, ever supposed to fall down there. And I'm, I'm carefully, quietly looking all over for a way up. There's no way up. And I'm yeah. finally like, all right, they're going to have to kill me. So I start running around and they start running after me and I stop dead and they run right up to me and they just, they just kind of nuzzle at me like a dog. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously? They wanted to play. Didn't you have a ball to throw? Yeah, that's what it was like. And I moved around more, and they'd run right up to me and just kind of nuzzle at me. I'm like, they they can't kill me. I'm not supposed to be here. They're, they're not programmed to kill you because you're never supposed to fall down there. But Josh found a way. Exactly. I, I mean, it's a it's a simple jump, but it's easy to miss, obviously. Yeah. I missed it my first try. Yeah. So nobody ever thought of that. Nobody ever thought, oh, well, these things should obviously kill the player. <laughs> nobody will uh, suck so enough to fall down the there. Move on. Yeah, I had to go restart the game because of that. Wow. Um, it's just problem after problem after problem in this game. Uh, the co-op. Yeah. The co-op, I, Ray and I were trying to get together. We, we never found a time when we could actually get together. Uh, he played it with a friend. Uh, I don't know if he played it you know, on the couch or over the internet, but he said he played it with a friend and had a lot of fun with it. Hmm. Maybe with a friend it might work. Yeah. Um, when you the, jump in with three a random people, internet you person? don't know. So it's four-player co-op you can do? Four-player co-op. Okay. And that's what I was doing. And for about a minute or two, it was fun. Okay. And then it just turned to crap. Because even though everybody's connection was full, strong connection, Uh, according to the menu screens, everything was jumping all over the place. Everything was. Um. The other big problem is because this is such a linear game and it scenes are getting triggered all over the place. You walk into a room, you're in a huge firefight with aliens. Somebody runs forward to wherever the next cutscene gets triggered and your screen goes black and suddenly you're standing there next to them. <laughs> so the entire fight you were in just disappears and now you're in another room. You're just that good. And this happens all throughout the co-op. Maybe your character's blacking out. You don't know. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what it's like. I mean, if somebody decides they're going to run ahead and trigger the next scene, you never have to do any fights. 
you can just literally run straight through the game because one person can just run ahead while the others, you know, fight and die, fight and die. Yeah. And you'll hit the next cutscene and everybody will just magically move ahead and bypass any fight. It's <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. <sighs> the multiplayer the multiplayer is decent. You know, the multiplayer is actually fun. Mhm. But again, Everybody's got full strong connections and it's choppy. It's it's problematic, you know? It the multiplayer is probably the best part of the game and the only saving grace of the game. Wow. But even that has plenty of problems. Yeah, like would you want to play that instead of playing like a kill zone or a battlefield or oh a Call my of gosh, Duty or whatever no. else? And that's no. and that really sucks because what I played at E3 I really enjoyed. And yeah. I, I thought it was on that level. I really did. I, I they had some really cool rock paper scissors stuff going on, and the weapons had some bulk to them, you know. And it was a lot of fun. And and to hear how this turned out is uh, very disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I had played the multiplayer, and I was I, I came back from Comic Con. I was telling you, I was having a blast with it. Yeah, I had so much fun with the multiplayer. It just doesn't hold up. I mean, the the man, just the frame rate and the the textures and just the way it plays is just so bad. No, it just sucks. ruins the experience and just makes it bad. And the story ends up being a really crappy story. Right. That by the time you get it's crappy all the way through. <laughs> I mean there's some interesting stuff here and there, but it it just makes no sense at times. And then when you get to the end where you're supposed to have the big explanation they just blow it off and say, well, there's no explanation. Don't worry. It's a about long it. story. <laughs> I, uh, it sucks. It sucks, sucks, sucks. It's just a big bag of suck. I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm so disappointed in the damn thing. I, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I gave it a 2.5. Wow. And that's the best I could do. It's oh, terrible. The fanboys are going to hate you. You know what? Play the game and you'll love me because it's fucking terrible. I'm Just sorry. Don't buy it to play it because you'll hate them then. No, you know what? I'm not sorry. It is fucking terrible. Yeah. And I'm not sorry that it's fucking terrible. You were I'm disappointed. so hyped on this too. You were like, this is going to be awesome. You and Ray both. Oh, I can't wait to play yeah. this. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but. But that's not, I mean, I, I don't see that as coloring my perception here. I yeah. see that as I was hyped on it and I was shown stuff that led me to believe it was going to be that good. I've yeah. seen it play that good. And what we actually got in the final product <laughs> is not even, it, it looks like an alpha version of what we saw and we played months ago. What we got in the final product looks like an alpha version. It's a sack of suck. Of the other stuff. It's that bad. Wow. It's just so poorly put together. So poorly put together. It's terrible, man. Yeah. I wanted to like it, too. I've, Like I said, everything I saw, I thought it was going to be really cool. But, man, just, ugh. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's horrible. Right. I'm right. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, well, it's let's good that to, I didn't write it. Yeah, let's <laughs> because, get on to, let's get on to because, better things. Yeah, it would have been an ugly review. 
if I had written it. It might have been funny, though. You should, like, do a rebuttal. Yeah. Oh, yeah? You think it sucks? <laughs> I really think it sucks. <laughs> well, Ray Ray found some, some fun in it. Like, yeah. even... All right, he points... Let me just... Really quick. Um, not to drag it out, but... <laughs> he even pointed out... <clears throat> you know, they said... That all the stuff from the movies, everything you'd expect, it's all going to be there. And they even showed us, you know, there's the APC that Ripley drove out of there in a panic. And here's where it broke down. And you see it. That's great. You know, and you get to that point and it's there. And that's all cool. And and this was the other part that killed me because that was the part we saw. And that's where they were showing off the lighting and how awesome this is. And look at this and look at over here and look at what we did. You get to that part. It doesn't look anything like that wow. in the final game. I I couldn't believe it. But there's other parts where, all right, this window was shot out. And that's where, um, oh, what's his name? Goes in and grabs... Uh, Goes in and grabs Ripley. Bill, Bill Paxton? Um, no, not Bill Paxton. Um, the robot? The, the, the robot guy? Not Bishop. It's the... Uh, 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 Paul Reiser? Why can't I think of his damn name? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's all I know. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm blanking out because I'm so pissed off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you shaking like an old man? <laughs> I am. Fuck <laughs> um, you, Gearbox! Uh, the guy that was in the guy that was in Terminator the first one Michael yes. Bean yes Michael Bean his character oh yeah that's right he is in that movie and I forget his character's name uh, uh, Hicks doesn't really matter at this it's point. Hicks okay. no it's Hicks yes I'm sure it is it's Hicks um, <laughs> today Hicks today yeah so when uh, Ripley and Newt are in the room and Paul Reiser, like, with his popped-up collar, um, <laughs> locks him in the room with the face hugger. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Hicks shoots out the window and runs in and grabs him. Well, the window is not shut out. Uh, you know, the, there's all the broken jars where the face huggers were. They're not broken. Mm. There's all these things that they said, you know, everything you saw, you're going to see. And they even showed us at one point. They showed us, look, there's from the shotgun blast that that Hicks did. None of it's there in the final game. Yeah, that's bunk. It's all those little things that you're expecting or looking for or or wanting, and they didn't do any of it. It just got left out. Well, I hope and, they're happy. You know, and well, it sucks. And we were talking about it earlier. People from TimeGate. TimeGate has been cutting back and fired a bunch of people today. And, 20 people, yeah. You know, it sucks, but it, it, there's a reason. Yeah. And They say and the it's reorganizing is, for next gen. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> funny thing is, when you go through the credits, and the credits are all rolling, the first credits are all Gearbox. And it's one name per line. So it's this huge list. And then you get to the end of that, and there's all these, you know, everybody, every single person got to put in, like, a paragraph. Like, I want to thank my wife for sticking by me through all the tough times of, you know, all the game development. And half of them are like... I want to thank Gearbox for letting me work every day on the best game ever. I had fun coming to work and making all this kick-ass stuff. And and 
it's like everything they're talking about. Were you flipping the TV off at that point? <laughs> I'm just looking at it in disbelief. I'm like, are they talking about working on Borderlands Two or what? <laughs> yeah, how awesome the game is, and how great you know how much fun they had on it, and how cool it is, and how excited they are about it. I'm like, you people never played this fucking game. Nope. <laughs> Not one of you played this game. Nope. And then wrote that. Not in that iteration, it's, at least. It's terrible. So wow. yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Can I finish? Can I finish? All right, I'm finished. All right, well let's let's go on to something happier. How about that? Well, uh, let's do some emails and stuff. You okay with all that? Right. You're all right with that? All right, they're not happy though. Call yeah. you down, call me down a little bit. All right, we'll do two emails and we got a voicemail from a very, very, very long time listener. So uh, this first one is from uh, Kareem, uh, also known as Panther X. Panther X, yo. Uh, it says, hey, Glenn and Josh, longtime listener and writer, even though my emails get eaten by Josh the email monster. Kidding, of course. I, I wouldn't be kidding. Josh, Josh loses shit all the time. Uh, let's yeah. see here. Just wanted to ask, after the PS4 reveal, what is, what is with the venom from the PC community? Why do they look down on consoles and believe they hold back PC games? Shouldn't they be glad with the power of the PS4 that will experience PC-type games? Take care, hail baby, or toddler, I guess. Uh, you guys are number one. Yes, an ID Panther X. Um, well, I mean, PC gamers have always kind of looked down on console gamers uh, because overall, you usually get more complicated and more complex games on PC because you have a keyboard and a mouse and all that kind of uh, input, that kind of thing. Uh, I think the lines are being being blurred quite a bit with this next generation coming up. Even with the PS3 and the and the 360 and everything, I thought they were blurred a little bit, but um. I don't know. When they say that it holds back PC development, it actually did for a little while, I thought, because a lot of developers were leaning more towards the consoles, and they were... Uh, what was that freaking game that Jared loved so much on the on the 360? And there was a PC version of it, too. And they actually um, like dumbed down the controls on the PC version of the game so that the console gamers had a better chance against the PC gamers. I mean, there were really good examples like that. The game did terrible, too. Um, It was a Microsoft game, but you see a lot of that out there. But at the same time, I think that's really gone away now because there's this this huge renaissance of PC gaming, I think, uh, especially with uh, how how well Steam is doing. Uh, Steam has really just matured so much. And, you know, they've got the the Operation Green Light thing now and uh, just so many things. You know, there's a lot of old games showing up there. And over if you go to GOG games uh, or was it? Uh, good old good games old or whatever. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that there's more of a push to kind of bring some of the older stuff back to the new systems and get them working. But I mean, you look at Battlefield 3, for example, it's great on the consoles, but the PC version is so much freaking better. Uh, there's so much more you can do. The graphics are by far better. Uh, even though it looks great on the consoles, but the PC version still is just really, really good. And, there were a couple of things that they did in the controls in the PC version that I think were because of how they set it up on the on the consoles, and and I think people get upset about that because there are some very hardcore PC gamers. Um, I used to be more, uh, you know, obviously we do this now, so I play more on consoles just because. But um, I think that's kind of turning around. I think that PC gaming is really hitting a re- renaissance of sorts. And it's great because a lot of these indie developers that you see doing stuff for the consoles are also doing it for, you know, PC and even Mac and Linux. Uh, 
but that just gets games into more people's hands. So why is this such a bad thing? You know, it, it's it's really hard for me to understand. But I mean, you know, you you, you kind of pick your sides. You're a PC gamer, you're a console gamer, and when people pick sides, they have to defend it at all costs, and and that's just what you see. Just like the whole thing about between 360 and PS3, or between the Wii and Game Boy, I Wii U and the Atari Lynx. Somebody's always going to have, you know, thoughts about one or the other. So it just happens. I don't know. What do you think? Am I totally wrong, Josh? Uh, PC game. The the argument with PC gamers has always been that. Uh, why would you want a console game from outdated tech when you can have like the hottest brand new PC stuff? But that was why I got out of PC gaming because you end up spending thousands of dollars upgrading graphics cards and processors yeah. and memory and everything else trying to get the game to play on its highest settings. And then you have problems with drivers that aren't compatible, and all the you know I I I got sick of all that crap. Yeah. But that's always the PC gamer's argument: is that PC games always look a thousand times better, and most of the time they're right. You but you're know? also paying a thousand bucks for a video card. Exactly, but yeah. they don't see that. You know, yeah. they don't see it that way. Um, they see it as they've got the bleeding edge tech, and while you're stuck in a console for six, seven years, they've already upgraded their PC five times. Well, they've also paid ten times what you paid for the console. Yeah. Um, but that argument is lost on a lot of people. Um, so, you know, and that's that's kind of the thing between PC and... And it's funny, I've been reading recently that... Um, even on consoles, for first-person shooters, it was always keyboard and mouse, keyboard and mouse, yeah, yeah. and nobody, you know, everybody hated. Oh, you can't play with like a, a controller. That's BS. That just doesn't work. You'd rather yeah. play with a keyboard and mouse. Well, the keyboard and mouse thing for FPS is dying out on the PC because everybody's going with controllers. Well, I think it's because you see some crossover with the younger people that kind of grew up on consoles. Whereas, I mean, I always had consoles as a kid, but when PC gaming kind of got into vogue, uh, I was on PCs. I mean, even in the DOS days, you know, you had such great games on the PC and the P and the yeah. consoles and were so limited. Have, back then. But you also didn't have the, the joysticks and the controllers that you do. Right. You you had to play with a keyboard and mouse, so you got used to it, and that's just the way you played. Right. It's the same thing with people who have owned PlayStations their whole lives. They're fine, most of them. I'm not going to say everybody is, but most people are fine with that controller. They're comfortable with that controller because yeah. that's the one they've always used. Xbox 360 people say, oh, it's the worst controller ever. It's too small. It's... It, it, you know the angles are weird and the sticks are in the wrong place because that's not what they're used to. You know, you, PC gamers are used to keyboard and mouse. Yeah. They're not used to playing with a controller. I I was different. Like when I had uh, the PC and I was into the PC gaming, I got uh, the big Microsoft Flight Master, whatever that was. The the big, you know. The one big joystick, but that was awesome for uh, like the X-wing Tie Fighter games. Right. It, it was killer for that. 
uh, especially, I think it was X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, where you had the Millennium Falcon, essentially, that you were flying. Mm? That was awesome. Using that and the... It wasn't called the Millennium Falcon. It was called something else, but it was the Falcon. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Well, it was a Krillian um, cruiser, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you'd use that and the keyboard in combination, in tandem with each other, and it was freaking awesome to fly like yeah. that. And then I had NHL and stuff like that that I got on the PC. I got, like, NHL 2000, or not... Well, maybe it was 2000, on the PC... But I couldn't play that with a keyboard. It yeah. was terrible with yeah. a keyboard. Well, that's so the funny I thing. I used, other... to have, I used to have this really big uh, force feedback joystick from Microsoft. That yeah, I played that's a lot the of my one I had. With. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, yeah. then uh, when Windows XP came out, it didn't support the frickin' drivers, and it was useless. Thanks a lot, Microsoft. Exactly. You fucking assholes. And see, this is why I... <clears throat> hate PC gaming. Yeah. Um but between that and then I got like a like a stick that was similar to it was sort of a mix between what the 360 controller is now and what the DualShock is, but it was Microsoft made it for the PC. Yeah. And that one was simple. That plugged directly into one of the ports on the back of the PC and it was dead simple to use and it worked with I used it for NHL and and Madden and stuff like that on the PC. Um, because they looked, you know, you were down almost in a first-person view on those games. Just so much more detail in the characters and, and the way the game played was so different than that sort of top-down, almost top-down view that you got on the Sega Genesis at the time. <laughs> you know, or the or the PS1 at the time. Right. Um so it was a huge upgrade. So I was loving playing those like that. But, you know, I still enjoyed the console because it was, I knew that I could always just put the game in and play. Right. I never had to worry about uh, the fact that drivers were wrong or that this it didn't support the graphics card that I had while this other game did support the graphics card I had. Well, it supported the graphics card, but I didn't have enough RAM, so I was not getting all the textures. I was seeing the Indiana Jones game was fog five feet in front of me. <laughs> yeah. That's all I ever saw in that game. And then at one point, I actually bought a new graphics card, and holy crap, I had a brand new game. I could see everything. Yep. And it blew me away. I was like, seriously? This is what it's like? And then I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be spending money to upgrade the graphics card every year, two years, three years, just to play a game. Yeah. I can just buy a console and play it for years and be fine. So, and that's, you know, there's there's that whole argument between... PC and console. See, I, I never really. The funny thing is, I never really had a problem with that. I I remember back, not well, about f- probably seven eight years ago, I actually bought um, two ATI cards. It was their brand new. I think it was the 1950 XTs from ATI, and at the time they were like five hundred bucks a pop. I had no problem doing that because I when I built a gaming rig, it would last at least four or five years. And for me, that was you know for PC gaming, that's huge. What sucks is though is. Um, it was a DirectX 10 compliant card. Well, when DirectX 11 came out, all of a sudden Battlefield 3, or actually Battlefield Bad Company 2 on the PC was written in DirectX 11. So all of a sudden, like, there was this, this sheer cutoff where all these new games were coming out and they worked like shit on this rig. So it wasn't even like a gradual thing. It was just like, all of a sudden, boom, all this new set of games that came out, I couldn't play. 
So that, yeah. that's actually the last actual gaming rig I built for myself, and I've been using my Mac lately because I have you know DirectX 11 stuff in there. But um, I just haven't gotten to the point yet where I want to build another gaming rig. But I think it'll happen. I don't know. PS4 might keep me away, but I've, I've got good enough where if I still go to a LAN party, I can still play everything I want. Like my MacBook Pro will play all the stuff. It's just not. I'm not getting a hundred frames a second out of the thing like like I would if I built a, a huge rig, you know. But I don't know if that's just me maturing or that's me being lazy or I don't know what it is. But I still wouldn't have a problem like building a new rig. I, I love doing that actually. But that's me. I'm not Josh. Yeah. <laughs> You're not angry. <laughs> I'm angry about but uh, about other things. That's all. Foolish. I know. I know. All right, on to the next one. It's your turn. Do you want to do the what voicemail, or should we just do the next one? We'll do the next one, then we'll do the voicemail. All right. All right. This one uh, is from Hamba. Hamba. <laughs> and he says, what happened to all the SimulView games? Hmm. Is Sony still supporting this technology, and why are developers not fully embracing it? With the new 4K TVs on the way, are we going to see PS4 continuous simulview support? And if so, why has nothing been mentioned yet? Hmm. Well, I put this in here because I read something last week that really bothered me. Hmm. Um, somebody asked, like, we know... They've already said that 4K will not be used for games on no. the PS4. And that makes total sense. And that's fine. Yeah, the fill rate would have to be ridiculous. But what did disturb me was that, I believe it was Jack Trenton that said it, was that there won't be any 3D on the PS4. No, that's not true. That's what I heard. No, I know that's not true. I know for a fact that's not How do you know true. that? Uh, because it, uh, they already listed it as doing 3D Blu-rays, but also um, the developer white papers all say that the target is to be able to do uh, 3D at 1080p at 60 frames per second. That's right in okay. the documentation. Yeah. So it has 3D. Then I'm less disturbed. Yes. Um, no, it, because the target for the PS3 is 720p at 30 frames per second in 3D. And the new spec is 1080p at 60 frames in 3D, which is basically like eight times the processing power that you need from the PS3 to the PS4 just to do that. I mean, roughly. It's not exact math, but um, no, that's I think that's right in the developer white papers that you get from Sony. Okay, no, well, wait a second. What? All right, so I just typed in uh, PS4 3D <clears throat> gaming. Yeah. And this might be what it was. Sony downplays 3D gaming. Well, I think they're downplaying it a little bit because I don't know if that's the the Sony strategy moving forward like it was when the PS3 supported 3D, but um they're still going I mean 4K TVs are still going to support 3D and that kind of thing. So, um I mean, obviously we don't know 100%, but everything I've heard is that it'll still support 3D. I mean, it's going to be. It's going to support 3D in some aspect because it does support 3D Blu-rays. So uh, the hardware is going to be there, and it's going to work. 
So if they want to do a game in 3D, I'm sure they yeah. can do it. That's what I have here. To clarify, while 3D isn't a focus of the console, it definitely will work in stereoscopic 3D. But it was yeah. actually Yoshida. Oh. Uh, lastly, Sony has put... This is from TheVerge.com. Lastly, Sony has put another nail in the coffin of 3D as a killer feature. While discussing plans for 4K content on the new console, Yoshida downplayed the one-time fad... Quote, 3D was a big thing a couple of years ago, IGN quotes him as saying, and we liked what we could do on PS3 using 3D stereoscopic. But now the consumer electronics side of Sony, or all of the companies, have shifted focus from 3D TV to something else. So they're mm. not talking about it. Why would we? I, but, you know, a lot of people own 3D sets. I don't, I don't see why you would take that functionality yeah. away i mean to, to think that they would actually remove that functionality is kind of crazy because they're still touting the ps4 as being a you know a, a blu-ray player not as much but i mean we know it's a blu-ray player still and uh it's a technology that they have a lot invested in it's it, it'd be crazy well, to have that hardware i mean that hardware obviously will support it so yeah. to not allow it is stupid but here's the thing this is this is the difference here there's a difference between shutting off you know just getting rid of it entirely and just kind of ignoring it. You know, it will do it, sure, but we're not going to make any games for it. If somebody else wants to make a game for it, it's up to them. Well, you never know. I mean, they see that's what it sounds like. Their focus is now that they're, they, they really are not going to push 3d the way they did. I mean, all those first party games were coming out 3d for a while there. Yeah. But now they're not. I don't know. I, it might not even be the the thing is there was that whole synergy thing going on with with Sony for a while where all yeah. the you know and they were pushing developers to to like you have to have 3D in your game that kind of thing maybe it'll be like you said if you want to do it that's fine but we're not going to tell you we're not going to mandate that it has 3D support that's fine i don't care cuz mm. i use my 3D more for for blu-rays than i do for games i still play some games in 3D don't get me wrong but well that's true you were always see i always wanted to play the games you know i i love it for movies and stuff like that but i always wanted to play the games and that was a big thing with me that if it had it i would play it in 3d yeah um you went the other way you were just like yeah you know maybe i'll play it but it's more for movies and stuff um but i still i mean i play stardust hd in 3d i played Killzone 3 all the way through in 3d uh, played Uncharted three and three D all the way through. I mean, it's but it, you're the one that always plays. Like if that's three D, I'm playing it in three D. That's it. Me, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll play it for a while. But I mean, if yeah. I'm just sitting down at my at my TV to play it, I probably won't do it in three D. I just it, it depends on the game. Like Grand Turismo five, I try to always do in three D though, because it really does help. I mean, all, that depth depth perception oh. you get is awesome. Yeah, so, that makes a big difference. Yeah, but it, it really depends on the game for me. Um. Damn, what was it? There was something I was just playing in the last week or two, or watching, where I had 3D. Stranger's on. Wrath HD? <laughs> I, I wish I could remember what it was. Well, and, and he also, while well, you think about it, he asked about Simulview, and I, uh, MLB 13, the show actually does support it, so... Uh, yeah, support sucks. That's I mean, good. there's only a handful of games that do it. MLB 12, Motorstorm Apocalypse, Motorstorm uh, RC, Gran Turismo 5, Kills on 3 Dead, um, and Super Stardust HD. And then now but MLB 13, the show. But there really aren't that many games that support it. Beyond, um, 
what TVs support it beyond like the Sony monitor? There's actually uh, a device out because this is actually a, a rehashed um, uh, technology from 2007 called Dual View, and Sony just kind of took it and made it their own. Uh, there's uh, there's a device out now that I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it'll basically if you have a 3D TV, you can run anything in SimulView or you, anything that runs in SimulView will run on any TV off this device. So you don't have to use that 24-inch monitor from Sony. It'll work on any hmm. of them. But it has to be a 3D TV because uh, it uses the double buffering. So basically every other line is is the SimulView thing. Yeah. Because you have to wear the glasses. But, yeah. But, I mean, it, it was a neat idea, and I really wish they would have supported it more. But the the problem is I don't think there was any – I don't think there was anything, like, worth doing if you were, like, a third-party developer. Like, they didn't make it worth your while to, to support Simulview, you know? So, really, all you see yeah. is first-party stuff supporting it. But not even every first-party game supported it, because really the only time you need it is when you can do, like, uh, multiplayer. I mean, you don't need, you know, if you're doing co-op or whatever else. But even games like Uncharted 3 and, and you know, the infamous games, they don't support it. That's the thing. Look, think of how cool that would have been for something like Madden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, where you've you've each got your own view of the field. You can't see the other person's playbook, which was always a problem in Madden when you're sitting on the couch playing, co- you know, playing whatever, uh, versus. Um, that would have been perfect for something like that. Yeah, it, it could have been used creatively in a lot of different games, but yeah, there there's no real incentive to put the extra development time in to make that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it it sucks. I don't know. If, I, I mean, I know a lot of those monitors sold because they kept <laughs> bringing the price down. I actually wouldn't mind buying yeah. another one, honestly. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whatever happened with that. I just don't think they made it worth the the developers' while to do it. Although I always thought like a Call of Duty game might support it because that's such an old engine anyway. It'd probably be pretty easy to retrofit it. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah, do they're this. busy working on the story in those Call of Duty games. They don't <laughs> yeah, have time for that. It's all about the story, the narrative. <laughs> it's it's the narrative that we're worrying about. Okay. Well, this is a, this is a couple minutes here voicemail, but uh, this is from a, a pretty good friend of ours. So here we go. Hi, I'm Josh. This is Vitaly speaking. Um, been a long listener since episode one, I think. Crazy man. Um, just want to ask you guys a couple of questions. Actually, one question to be honest about the topic you don't really guys like to talk about. It's the PS4. Um, as far as we remember from the PS2 and the PS3 days, Sony was always well known for their unique architecture of processors that they've been producing with the PS2 and the cell CPU that they had recently in the PS3. What the rumors are going around right now, and from the lawsuit that AMD filed against some of its employees, it certainly looks like AMD is producing the, both the graphics and the processors for the PlayStation 4, uh, which kind of makes it look like it's going to be very similar to the PC architecture. Do you think that we will see the, the cycle of the consoles, like you know, the life cycle of the consoles actually getting shorter than 10 years, as Sony usually would, would have it? Because, as we all know, the PCs, no matter how up-to-date you keep it, like after a year or two, get maxed out, and basically you you end up with a sluggish game or lagging and stuff like that. So, a few beers here, so that's what I'm actually thinking about. Is it going to be like 
two, three years, and we'll see some kind of slowdown in the games, and the developers like Crytek is going to come out again and say something like, sorry, but it's not enough power, we need a new hardware and stuff like that. Do you think that Sony actually went the right way? Of course, yes, it is to streamline the cost and obviously to keep the developers happy that they don't have to port the game back and forth for the new engine and everything like that to get it to work on a different architecture. But would you rather be happy with Sony taking their old road with creating something new or would you rather have it as it is right now, as it seems to be going? Anyway, glad to hear your opinion and hope to speak to you guys anytime soon. Keep up the good job. We've been with you for 300 and bloody three episodes already, so hopefully <laughs> can stay for at least another 697. Take care. Good Fuck night. you! 303? What happened to the other six, you bastard? Well, you got to remember that uh, I haven't used this computer for how many weeks, so <laughs> <laughs> Skype is oh, weird okay. now. It used to have like the centralized thing for messaging, and now it's like whatever I launch Skype on, it grabs them, and that's it. I can't go to like some centralized hub anymore. Um, I think it was, I, I mean we've talked about this at length, but I, I think I really think that Sony did a, a very good thing by going with the architecture they did, and if it's going to uh, lessen the life cycle of the system, I don't think so at all. I mean, it's it, you're just using a processor from a different company. It's not like because you're not using specialized hardware, it's not going to last that ten year life cycle they want it to last. It's just that they're going with more quote unquote off the shelf chips. Uh, to make it easier for people to develop for because the, then the software and the SDK and everything else uh, are more familiar to the developers instead of having to use all these tricks to use, uh, you know, because you don't have very much memory or whatever else. Uh, them developing on this platform compared to the 360 or even the PC is going to be a lot more similar, and that's going to mean much better games, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. It's It's not like this is an off-the-shelf chip that is a crappy chip and it's only going to last two years and then they've maxed it out. I don't think they're going to be able to, between the the custom GPU and the CPU they have going here and the memory, and this is not something you could put together easily in no. a PC. Um, well, and actually it, the video processor that they're using, I don't think that one's even available to PC users yet. So yeah. that's one thing that PlayStation did uh, past what the new Xbox did, according to rumor, is that their graphics processor is actually kind of a generation past the one that the Xbox is going to be using. Um, but also using faster RAM with DDR5, uh, or GDDR5, um, and also the bus they put in that thing. I mean, it pushes so much data, it's ridiculous. And that's the thing. I, they, they have a very, very efficient... Hardware design here, and and it was funny. I think we got an. Did we get? Did you do the email about some dude on a podcast saying that they can't go over four gigs of RAM or something because of the x86 yes. architecture? You got that? Right, yeah, we'll that was later. the one that we didn't get to here. Yeah. Hang on, right. let me read that part of it real quick. Okay. Um, it was uh, eight gigs of RAM. Uh, Pete from Gamertag Radio podcast was going on and on. Gamertag Radio. That sounds like an Xbox podcast. It is. Was going on and on about how that x86 processor can't really use 8 gigs <sighs> of RAM. Like it was it physically can. impossible. No. That it could only be paired with 3 gigs of RAM. No. Obviously, this guy is uh, works at some help desk. And no, that's not the case. If, if you're... 
operating system and also if your memory controller are set up correctly, it'll be fine. The thing is, everybody hears x86 and they think about this 4-gig limit um, because that's how it is on a Windows box or on a computer as a whole. But uh, there's definitely ways around that. And also the funny thing is they say x86, but actually this is x64 because uh, it's an AMD processor at 64-bit. So once you get into 64-bit, your memory limitation is way, way higher. So I think that was one of the things that was kind of confusing when they were showing the thing off or they kept saying x86, x86. Well, I think they meant x86 in terms of uh, kind of the software base because even x64 still uses things that are developed in x86 base. You know, it's just all this technical bullshit. But no, that's not right. It can definitely address more memory than 3 gigs or 4 gigs and it'll be fine. So... Uh, I we we I think we got tweeted that and emailed that about ten times. So, yeah, no, he isn't always talking about. <laughs> I don't even know who said it, but whatever. Yeah. So, all right. Well, number three, because that was from a different email. Uh, thanks, Vitaly. Uh, good to hear from you, sir. Uh, yeah, he's been a man since number one. We, sh- everybody that has been listening to us since episode number one needs to email us so we can put you in like a special club called the crazy persons club <laughs> or something. We'll come up with some really cool name. Well, that's like the stone me. cutters. We'll call Yay. them the stone cutters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Oh, five minutes left until ML- MLB 13. Uh, the show is available on the PSN <laughs> and you can check out my review 11 hours later. So actually really three cool. minutes left. Yeah. Well, someone just tweeted that. <clears throat> All right. Um, this is from Mr. Roger Pixley. Actually, I think he's from the States. Uh, PS4 has been revealed as no one has been able to ignore. Uh, how do you think having other people being able to come on and get your trophies for you will affect the pride that people have in trophies now? Did they ever say that somebody could actually come in and get a trophy for you? I don't know. See, that that brings up a good question there. They said, you know, if you're having a problem in a game, you can have yeah. your friend take over this part and play this part for you. Well, what if that part but, triggers a trophy? Yeah, but I would How assume that... that work? And, and I'll explain why I assume this, but I, I would assume that if you have somebody it, help you through it, that it won't, won't give you the trophy. And, and the yeah. reason I say that is there's some games out there that you can knock the difficulty down during the game, and if you do so, you don't get the trophy. Yeah. But that's also per... Per uh, publisher, it's not like set in stone. The publishers yeah. are the one that set up the trophies. I could see that happening. I could see them, you know, if if this is done with a person helping you through that part, with a person taking control through that part, yeah. that the trophy won't register. Yeah, it won't ding. Yeah, I, I w- maybe uh, <laughs> nobody knows. You won't hear this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, it's like a cheating system has been built in. On the other hand, wouldn't it be cool to have a game that records every time you get a trophy and keep a gallery so that you can make a sizzle reel of your conquest? You effing trophy nerd. Yeah, but you have well, to grab it every time. It doesn't just well, save it automatically. You're going to tell me that people aren't going to... every, But oh, every time God. it does that, all you have to do is hit the share button and upload that video and then move on. A post on Facebook every night isn't enough. Now we got to see these little six six minute videos of bling. So that's all yeah. we're gonna do now is. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh cool. Another video. I wonder what this yeah. video is. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's great. Oh, look, he put another video up. He must have beat a bo- Oh, 
Look, it's called Trophy Watch. Oh, no! That's right. I'm setting up my YouTube channel, YouTube channel slash Trophy Watch. <laughs> I think uh, Mark has a patent pending on that one, so you might want to. You may have to buy the trademark from him. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Your turn to read the monster. <laughs> uh, the monster is really big. It is. That's what I've heard. Really... No flash photography. <sighs> All right. Oh, we already uh, read one of them. All right. This is from Jason. All right. Uh, hi, Josh and Glenn. Another good podcast. Really enjoy it. Which one? <laughs> uh, I just wanted to get my two cents on the PS4. Two cents. That's like $12 here. Uh, two cents on the PS4 news and related matters to you guys in no particular order. Uh, one of seven. <laughs> get ready, people. <laughs> Strap in. All right. One. I wonder what the general games media will have to squawk about when the new Xbox is shown with about the same specs and hardware. If rumors are to be believed, it sounds like both machines will be really close in processing lineup. Will it be all of a sudden a superior machine now? I, I know of two people out there that are pretty well-known writers that I'm gonna, I would put money on saying that they're going to say specifically that it's going to be more powerful. Not that it has more social features, not that it has, you know, better software overall, not, not that it has a better interface, which it could, you never know, but they're going to actually come out and say, Oh, it's way better processing power, even though it doesn't have that. We all know that already, but I, I, I know two people right now that'll say that maybe more. All right. Yeah. Number two, we already did. That yes. was the eight gigs of Ram. Hey, look at that. Hey, we're cruising. ripping through this, man. <laughs> Number three. And we've already answered this one, but all right, let's do it again. <clears throat> Does anyone know how many times more powerful the PS4 <sighs> is compared to the PS3? Not no. that it really matters, but assuming it is a few times more wait, powerful. Wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. If it doesn't matter, then why are you asking? because assuming it is a few times powerful my only point on backwards compatibility is that why can't something be done to run ps3 ps2 ps1 psn games on the ps4 just from outright processing capability like emulation you have this much power i was really hoping something could be done to run the ps3 games i guess we'll have to wait and see obviously we talked about that it's the architecture of the chips is well, entirely different. But 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 hold on, because and I, and I won't spend very much time on this. But something probably can be done. It just probably can't be done by the time the system launches. It has nothing to do with processing power, but this whole concept of virtual machines and and of app streaming and everything else can definitely do this because it, it's what's called an emulation wrapper. They've been using it for years. That's how your Turbo Graphics games work on the PSP and on the Vita and on the PS3. They basically envelop the ROM itself in a virtual operating system that runs the original operating system from the original console, uh, which can definitely be done on this because you're dealing with 256 megs of RAM on the PS3 compared to eight megs or eight gigs of RAM on the PS4. You can definitely set up that virtual space and, and do it, but it takes a long time to set that kind of stuff up. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but yeah, there is a possibility. Uh, it's just, it takes a lot of work, and I don't know if Sony's going to put the money into getting that to work. I do That's think the that key. the streaming. Well, I, I think that the streaming thing is going to happen more than like yeah. writing something where it actually you can download it and run it. 
yeah, the streaming thing probably will happen because that's what the guy Kai Tech is is all about. You know, yeah. it's 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 about the the getting the demos to you super quick. It's about potentially this. It's a money thing, and you know, like the PS3 had the PS2 emotion chip in it. Yeah, the PS4 is not going to have the emotion chip or the cell processor or anything like that because right. it's money. Uh, writing a wrapper for all these games for PS3 games for PS2 for PS1 for PSN that's money. Yeah. And is <clears throat> it money well spent? Probably not. You know, it's a cool thing to have and it's great to have and I'm kind of pissed that it's not there, but I understand at the same yeah. time that's money that they could spend elsewhere and get better use out of my, my prediction. It'll um, be, the, it'll be via the streaming technology e- faster than it would be like writing these emulation wrappers that everything's yeah. on your system itself. Yeah. It'll happen through the streaming tech. Yeah. So, all right. So number four, this kind of, so it's the same thing. I'm concerned how my PSN purchases will translate <laughs> to the new machine. We all are. Like anyone else, I got a backlog to play and get caught up on the PS4. <clears throat> That's the reason the PSN is still out for. But you can't. You can't run PSN game because they're running on the cell processor. It's the exact. It's it's a PS3 game essentially. Yeah. It runs on the cell processor. It's not going to run on the PS4. Yeah. Here's not your answer. Natively. Here's your definitive answer. Keep your PS3 plugged in. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the reality of the situation. So we all need to get used to it. I'm not happy yeah. about it either, but that's the reality of the situation. If you guys wanted, everybody always bitches about third parties never making the games as good on the PS3. Guess what? They had to make a radical change to get developers to be able to make stuff as good, if not better, on the PS4 than than the other competitors, and that's what had to happen. So, you know, unfortunately, that's the case, and we all have to get used to it. I've accepted yeah. it. I'm not happy about it, but I've accepted it. I'm still working on accepting it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still really annoyed about it, but I know I knew it was going to go this way. I just figured they would have something definitive to say, yes, and this is how you're going to do it. And they do kind of, but not really. They're saying, well, you could probably do it with the streaming stuff from Gaikai, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. All right, number five, Gaikai Streaming Tech. I know this will take some time to get up and running, but I share a lot of skepticism with you guys about this. Anything streaming just isn't that reliable. Mm. Even when I watch a friggin' HD movie on Comcast On Demand, it's never... Well, it's Comcast. It's never perfect. That's Comcastic. You, it's not Comcast. It's Xfinity. <laughs> right? Because no, it's still Comcast in some areas, I think. No, well... I but, thought Minnesota uh, was still Comcast. No, 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 no. I don't know. Well, don't care. Uh, don't care. In Minnesota, then don't Minnesota, care. they didn't have the uh, customer surveys that said Comcast was the shittiest customer service and shittiest service in the U.S. Eh, and everywhere it said that, they changed their name to Xfinity. Yeah. Because that made every problem go away, right? Just change the name. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you'll forget. Uh, all right. So it's never perfect. You get the occasional blip or interruption or pixelating, pausing for half a second. That's just I a movie. never. Yeah, but I never get that in the movies. <clears throat> I don't get that either. Yeah, Comcastic. Um, 
Streaming game tech <laughs> where you make inputs, it has to travel back to the node or center, then back to you. I just don't see it working very well. The internet structure in the U.S. isn't just isn't that good to handle that. Um, if they do the network nodes that they're planning on doing, that'll lessen the issues quite a bit. But again, um, when you're dealing with streaming movies, a lot of times it's it's just buffering a little bit. Uh, when you look at it in an app streaming technology, uh, like I think they're going to use, uh, it'll actually buffer to the machine a lot more than, than you would think. Um, and also it keeps it in a virtual space. So it's a very different concept than streaming a movie. It's, it's very, very different. But I think they are going to have some growing pains. I, I really do. I, I think they're definitely going to have some growing pains. But... Again, yeah. they have a few months, but it's a very aggressive schedule that they're looking at to get these nodes out. Especially, I don't even know if they're planning on doing it worldwide right away or what, but you would assume so since they want to do a apparently a global launch of the PS4 this time. Uh, but that's yeah, it's it. There's a good possibility that we're going to have a problem for the first few months, definitely. But I mean, if they well. but if they for, if they have a forklift solution to get these network nodes up and running, then they can probably do it. You know, if they have, we call it a forklift solution, but if they have like a rack with all these servers and they're all configured the exact same way and blah, 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 and they can take it to like Minneapolis and Milwaukee and Green Bay and uh, New York City and wherever, I mean, all over the country, whatever they want to do for their own web. If they have that, then they they might be able to pull it off. I've done rollouts like that. Just saying. All right. Number six. These (laughs) last two aren't really... This guy's going to be banned for three months from sending an email. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> um, number six, I think Sony did a fantastic job, though, with the hardware, just making games easier and more inviting for the developers to make games. This means the system is going to be much stronger at the start than the PS3. I think this reason, among others, is why I think the PS4 is going to get a lot of traction right away with developer support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talked about that. Wait, that wasn't a question. We shouldn't have read that. It- Exactly, and neither is the next one. (laughs) But I'll read it, because we're here. Seven, for sure, I'll get one. All right, everybody got that? Jason's getting one. Uh, (laughs) Look from a line in uh, Auburn Hills, Michigan. (laughs) But I might just wait a few months to let Sony work out the various bugs and or system or network issues from launch. Mm -hmm. If you have that kind of willpower, I I salute you. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, just had to. you do that, and you're going to miss out on all the good stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's only there for, like, one day. I want it, I want it, I want it. Uh, anyway, just had to ramble on for a bit. Looking forward to this week's podcast. Thanks, Jason Pakovich of Burn Hills, Michigan. So, everybody, go to all your Targets and Best Buys and everything in and around Auburn Hills, Michigan, before Jason <laughs> gets there. <laughs> or everybody actually no 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 everybody wait a few months and then go line up at yep. your targets and best buys and walmarts when jason decides it's time to get his ps4 <laughs> and just ask around are you jason are you jason are you the guy that wrote that huge freaking email to- uh. <laughs> that that trophy watch sized email <laughs> Wait, oh, wait, I still have to make a joke about executive produced by Jay-Z somewhere in here because I got a lot of backlash on Twitter about that from somebody. Why do you even bring that up anymore? That game was months ago. You don't even play that game. It's a joke. It's what we do. <laughs> well, you know what? This email was executive produced, produced by, by Jay-Z. Jay-Z. You could tell. There was a lot of hippity and hoppity in it. 
Yep. So, all right. Uh, thanks everybody for emailing us this week. That was uh, that was some good stuff. All right, uh, gamer night stuff on PS Nation forums. Uh, guess what? Uh, by the time you're listening to this, the last DLC for Battlefield Three will be out on PS3, and we're gonna be playing it on Thursday night. So get over to the PS Nation server. You just have to search PS Nation. Uh, I think it's one word actually on uh, on there, and I think we get started roughly around six or seven o'clock Central Time. So uh, get out there and join us for the brand new DLC that comes out. <clears throat> and this is actually the last one for BF3, so um, we got to get on there and play some. I don't, I don't know anything about this one either. I haven't even watched the uh, the trailer for it yet, so I'm going in fresh. Uh, so head over to psnation.com, hit the forums button, and you'll see the gamer night section in there. Uh, again, as we talked about with with Dan, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but uh, Midwest Gaming Classic. If you're going, make sure you get a, a room reserved ASAP. From what it sounds like, uh, there are a lot more people going this year. And uh, order your tickets in advance. Get, you don't want to stay on that line on Saturday morning. I'm telling you, uh, the show opens and that's when they start giving out tickets. They don't even do it ahead of time. So uh, get your tickets reserved so they can mail them out to you, and uh, it makes things a lot easier for you. Uh, and then, like I said, if you're planning on joining us on Friday night, uh, even if it's just for dinner or whatever, please let us know over in the forums so I can get an accurate head count and make the reservations. I'm actually going to call for the bus Tuesday morning, and I'm going to be calling the reservation to the restaurant next week so um, so we can let them know because March Madness will be going on. And for those that don't know anything about sports, that's all the basketball team or all the college basketball teams like the huge tournament. So a lot of places don't even take reservations for that that week so uh, or that couple of weeks. Uh, so yeah, MidwestGamingClassic.com if you want to do any of that stuff, and also PSNation.com over on our forums to let us know if you're going to join us on uh, on Friday night or not. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do that just by emailing us a podcast at PSNation.org, or all this stuff can be done if you go over to the Contact Us section of PSNation.com. Uh, just go to the main page, scroll down a little bit, over on the right side you'll see that Contact Us. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail on Skype, just call WDT-Torgo, and you can leave us a long, rambling voicemail like Vitaly did today. Ha uh-huh, just kidding. Uh, you can also look for us on Facebook, just uh, do a search for PS Nation, and uh, you know, request to join the group. We'll add you as soon as possible. Uh, if you use Stitcher to stream any of your stuff, you can look for us on the Stitchers over on the PlayStation section there. Uh, don't forget to look for us on Twitter uh, at PJFJosh and at PS3Nation. Uh, we're, we're making that run to 10,000 followers. So we got the K behind it, man. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. So uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies. I don't give a shit. Uh, but get that up there. And uh, don't forget our, our podcast network over at Retroids.com. And don't forget Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, if you guys go, the Retroids.com uh, or the Retroids room is downstairs and it's freaking awesome. We're going to have a bunch of arcade games and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and, you know, I've said it time and time again PSNation.com. You guys got to get over there, man. We Our new writers have been kicking some major ass. Like, they're tearing through stuff. It's freaking awesome. Love you guys. Uh, so, check that out. Multiple posters uh, every day, and, and it's just been great. Uh, don't forget our sponsor at audiblepodcast.com slash PSNation. Sign up for the free trial, and uh, you get to choose out of over 100,000 different audiobooks, and you get to keep one no matter what. So uh, you get it. You get to keep it. You get the free one, dude. You get a free book. 
And uh, if you quit before the trial's done, you still get to keep it. We still get a taste. Hey, it's awesome. So check it out, audiblepodcast.com slash psnation. And last but not least, our awesome merch store, uh, Sweater Cat, <laughs> just put this great picture up of uh, him with a beer stein and one of our clocks up, actually. So check that out on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, Zazzle.com slash psnation. Uh, check that out. And keep your eye on Twitter if we get any coupon codes. We always put those up. Uh, one final note. Actually, two final notes. Uh, our, our really good friend Keith Dunn, uh, his his brother is is in pretty bad shape right now, and, and uh, Keith probably won't be around for a little while. But uh, our thoughts actually, you know, obviously go out to Keith and his family. Uh, it's a really bad time, and also our good friend Mike from It Is Written. Uh, you know, they gave us or they supply our music for us. Uh, our, our really good friend Mike is not doing well. He's in the hospital, and uh, I don't know how good or bad it is right now, but. Uh, thoughts are definitely going out to him and his family as well. He's a great guy and uh, really sucks to hear that uh, that he's in the hospital like that. So uh, hopefully everything works out. Uh, and you can check out their album on iTunes and on CD Baby as well. So, uh, wow, we got through this. Holy crap, did we go long? Wow. Yeah, and it's 12, 16 a.m. on the East Coast. And uh, it'll be 13. The show is still not available on the PlayStation Store. People are downloading it. I see people on Twitter saying they're downloading it. Well, uh, they must have pre-ordered it because... Maybe. Oh, maybe. If you go to Day One Digital and you go to MLB 13, the show... Yeah. It says pre-order now, and then when you click on it... Mm-hmm. Oh, now it... Oh, it just switched. Ah, it see? It just switched. You suck. No. <laughs> I was in there two minutes ago when you were talking, and it said, Overview. Mm-hmm. It gave. It did not let you get in. Now it lets you get in. Wow! Now you can add it to cart. It's only twenty one point seven gigs for the oh, PS three version. My God! Got to add that to the review. I'll do that now. That's fine. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Let me get out of it because I already I already got to redo a bunch of pictures in there. So, all right. <clears throat> all right I'm out of it now. So you can go in and all make right. your change. Uh yeah, uh I think the Vita one I think is three and a half gig, but I don't know. So because they sent the I'll card, I'll find that. Yeah. I hope. So I'm not sure. I don't know. All right. Well, until next week. Who? God, what are we going to talk about next week? All this crap going on. Hopefully, God of War Ascension if it ever shows up. <sighs> Jeez. I don't know. Yeah. Well, All right. Well, until what? Who? What? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Can I Go finish? Away. Can I finish? All right, I'm finished. All right. Well, until next week, uh, get out there, play some games. Uh, love y'all. Get to MGC if you haven't if you haven't set everything up already. Come to MGC and hang out with us. And uh, yeah, just have a great week. Have a good week. Go hug your dad. Go hug your mom. There's been a lot of stuff we're all going through right now. So have a have a happier week than everybody's had. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. I was in uh, Minneapolis and I was talking to somebody. And they, they lived in a nearby town where not only is there the factory that makes Spam, I think it's the Hormel factory, but ne- next to the factory itself is the official Spam Museum, the Museum of the History of Spam. And when I heard that, I actually got kind of depressed because it hit me, the only people who have ever visited the Spam Museum, hipster douchebags, and that's it. <laughs> Those are the only people that have ever gone there. Guys, and they're all out front like, look at Spam Museum, get it? And 
getting their Christmas card photo taken. And like, uh. The poor people at that museum. I almost feel like it's my mission. I want to buy like a pair. Of, I want to go to JCPenney, get a pair of tan chinos and a dorky short sleeve shirt and be their first non-ironic visitor. Be their first sincere visitor where I just show up and go, I enjoy the Spam meat product and I would love to hear its history and visit your museum. I've never heard of Monty Python. They would carry me around like Peter Gabriel. They would not know what to do with me. Like, oh my God, somebody who's not wearing a fucking arcade fire shirt. This is awesome. I don't know what to do with this guy. Their first non-ironic visitor. And I'd leave and go, thank you very much. I have to go visit the Paps Blue Ribbon Brewery and be the first guy that doesn't have mutton shops posing out front. We're going to have to dub me saying brewery and not bewery. Did you fucking hear that? Gotta go visit the brewery. You know where they bew the beers? Yeah, that's where they bew the beers. They gotta go see them bew them. <laughs> 